It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Soon to be Papa, Alex Wilhelm is here. His wife's due any minute now. He may have to run away in the middle of the show. We'll see. Also, Ian Thompson from The Register, Connie Guglielmo, editor-in-chief of CNET. Lots to talk about. The FTC says, hold on to Microsoft's biggest acquisition ever. Elon Musk says, prosecute Fauci. China scraps its COVID testing and Apple celebrates. Plus, a big move from Apple to bring end-to-end encryption to iCloud. And then we'll talk about the word of the year. A lot of great stuff coming up next on Twit. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit. This Week in Tech, episode 905, recorded Sunday, December 11th, 2022, The Last Helicopter. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Mint Mobile. For a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash twit. And by ExpressVPN. Take yourself off the naughty list with the number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com slash twit and get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free with a one-year package. And by ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can fill any job you're hiring for this holiday season. Four out of five ZipRecruiter employers get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash twit. And by Wealthfront. Visit Wealthfront.com slash twit to get started and get your free $50 bonus with an initial deposit of $500. That's Wealthfront.com slash twit. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the week's tech news with the best journalists in the business, or at least the ones that are available on a Sunday afternoon. (laughs) Ian Thompson is in studio with us. It's so great to see you, U.S. editor of theregister.com now, and a longtime stalwart in the show. Oh, always fun to pop up. Lovely to see you. I appreciate your coming up. I think we've got to get back into the office these, you know, back into in, yeah, into getting in there these days. Everybody's getting sick all of a sudden, so I'm not sure you're right on that. Well, flu, <laughs> colds, but you know, yeah. it's, uh, I'm nervous, man. I'm scared. Uh, also with us from beautiful downtown, no, beautiful Lower East Side, Providence, Rhode Island, Mr. Alex Wilhelm, fully shaved. <laughs> hey, everybody, you just nothing. There's no hair, no hair I, at all. It took a while. It hurt. I bled a little bit. You look good. Here. You actually Thank look you. good. Thank you. Uh, I tried I, I tried very hard for you, Leo. I knew you were going to show up wearing something silly, and I'm like, you know what? We'll go serious. You look like a baby. Like, <laughs> and like, since, a, like a very old baby. Since a baby in your household is imminent, I thought you were just doing it in tribute. No, this is uh, this is my usual mo. Actually, um, Define Jason Howell asked if I could come on next week's twit, and I said, "Well, that's our nope. due date, so probably yeah, not." No, and he was like, yeah. "Well, how about the week before?" And I'm like, "Yeah." But I have already given you permission. I want everyone to know if if the call should come, then you must leave, and you don't even have to say goodbye. You just get the hell out. You know. Uh, well, that's that's fine. But then if I get bored and just want to leave, and I just bounce, people will expect me to arrive tomorrow morning with, with a child. Baby. So just say, yeah. "Hey, I'm the baby." That's all. <laughs> the one piece of advice my dad gave me if I ever had kids was, when it t- comes time to you know go and welcome the new version in, bring sandwiches because 
everyone's going to be hungry. It takes a while and everybody's going to be hungry. (laughs) That's Connie Guglielmo. Good to see you, Connie, editor-in-chief of CNET. The only person who has any right to speak about having babies in this panel. Mm, I, I I might submit. All right. Uh, great two, to two, two kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, my wife and every woman I know who's had a child gets mad when guys talk about the experience oh. of birth because we didn't. We just were we're we're bystanders. Absolutely. It's like breakfast. You have an important role to play. Well, sandwiches. Sandwiches. That's basically yeah. it. I Coffee. brought. I brought. Uh, I read somewhere. This is so stupid. I was such a stupid new father. I read somewhere that miso soup was a good choice. <laughs> so I brought a thermos oh, of miso I'm soup. For, I'm in a foreign country. And Jennifer <laughs> like said, get that away. It's making me nauseous. Get get that out of here. <laughs> Wasn't a good idea. I also remember, this is how long ago it was, 30 years ago. I remember uh, writing a hypercard stack to time the contractions. And I realized later that was just my way of dealing with the anxiety. It was like, <laughs> please tell me you didn't tell you tell you, Jennifer. I told Jennifer, and uh, she 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 knew she was married to a nerd. And uh, I said, well, if it hurts, just tell me, and I'll. I made it so you press the space bar, and there's and it, t- and it says, "I'm amazed you're still alive." We didn't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't get very far with that progress <laughs> with that project. I got about four or five contractions in, and that was it. It was all over. <laughs> All right, let us talk about the stuff that matters. The news uh, is funny. On Wednesday, Paul Therott and I were talking on Windows Weekly, and we kind of came to the conclusion, well, there's a slight risk. You know, with Lena Khan in there at FCC, there's a slight risk they could they could uh, hinder the acquisition, the $70 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The very next day, the FCC sues. Uh, they have decided to block it. Uh, any thoughts uh, on that, Connie? Is you know the Microsoft's contention is this does this makes us the number three gaming company? Come on, come on, we're not dominant. Well, you know, whenever it comes to Microsoft and monopolies in any market, there's a little bit of history there that gets uh-huh. people nervous. <laughs> that said. Um, the FCC does face a little bit of an upward challenge because this is what's called a vertical merger where they don't directly compete 100%. Yes, Microsoft has Xbox. You made the point they'll be number three in the market, but arguably that's not Microsoft's largest business, even with the acquisition. But, you know, people are very skeptical of big tech these days, as we all know. There's a lot of power in these large companies, and anything that gets a large company even larger is going to raise questions and suspicions. So we'll see how this plays out. Like I said, there, from a legal perspective, there's a vertical merger is not a, the same as a different, uh, you know, a monopoly making merger, but nonetheless, it's the air, the era of distrust in big tech. Microsoft did a little tour, a tour of contrition. Can you have contrition before the act where they <laughs> went to Sony and said, in fact, they even said, <laughs> Rich Turner said, we or no, Richard Spencer, uh, Philip Spencer, I'm sorry. What's his name? Yeah, Phil Spencer said, who was the head of Xbox, said, we would give them a forever contract, but we can't. <laughs> so we're going to give uh, Sony 10-year guarantee that Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation 5. They went to Nintendo, did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they went, did they go to Steam? and do, I think they did. They went to Steam and did the same thing. So they reassured uh, everybody, hoping that this would forestall the FCC's action. Like, And certainly this was one of Sony's biggest concerns is, well... If Microsoft owns Call of Duty, they're not going to allow it on our PlayStation. 
And I think that's silly. Of course they are. If it, does it make money? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> you can sell it. Uh, Alex, is that a big concern? Uh, I mean, certainly exclusives make a big difference in console gaming. I just don't feel like console gaming is Microsoft's biggest business. That's that's where I wanted to go with this. Um, I, I think we're right about the FTC and the kind of legal world that we live in. But my, my question is, why do they really want it? And also, if we can't stop this style of acquisition, uh, what can we stop? Yeah, well, and, and Lena Khan, who uh, is the chair of the FCC, was also a very, when she was a professor, was it Columbia? She was a very uh, strong advocate of uh, antitrust action. In fact, oh, she yeah. wrote, I mean, she wrote a thesis on Amazon and, by the way, a Brit as well, so thumbs up. But, yeah, I mean, she's um, she's got the tech industry running scared at the moment because, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're really gunning for this. And it's about time. We need some competition in the market. But but what why why do they need it? Like, uh, Microsoft may become the number three gaming company with this. But keep in mind that between Xbox and PC, they at least support an enormous fraction of the gaming market. And uh, they already make all the money in the world. Like, what... Can someone really walk me through the positives of this deal for Microsoft? Because it seems to me there's a lot of trouble over nothing. If they're not even going to get the exclusives out of it, what's the real draw? They, it's they a lot of money, it. isn't it? $69 billion. It's the yeah. largest consumer tech acquisition in two years. It's like one and a half Elons. Yeah. It's the biggest that uh, Microsoft's <laughs> ever done. It was bigger than their acquisition of uh, LinkedIn. Um, that's a lot of money to spend. Uh, I I have to say that Microsoft has been a good steward of gaming. They bought Minecraft and have, have made it bigger and better than ever, right? Well, um, Okay, I don't play it, but I mean, have they developed it much? Oh, yeah, it... quite a bit. Oh, okay, yeah. right. They put a lot into it. Uh, so you were saying that there's a... That, Connie, this, this doesn't end with the FTC. They now have to go to court. That's right. That's right. And look, I to your question about why do they want it... Where else are they going to put their money? They're they're an enterprise cloud maker. They have an you know a business audience. That's where they make the bulk of their money, and they have failed dismiss, dismally at almost every consumer play they've ever made <laughs> in the marketplace. We've gone through two years of a pandemic where people in lockdown guess what want to play a lot of games, and Ooh. fortunately or hopefully we're getting out of that uh, pandemic mindset. You know, current caseloads aside, but. You know, Microsoft is looking at the long game in the future. They need to win over a larger audience, younger audience, diversify their revenue. It's the same story, blah, 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 when they go look at anything else. Gaming has had a lot of potential just recently, although now it's a little bit sluggish. I know we might talk about esports and that whole world, but, you know, what what are they going to do? Go buy a social media network? I mean, they're looking at opportunities and places that have affinities with things that they're working on. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, a business decision. But okay, go but, ahead, but Alex. Connie, if they have, they have so much money, they're going to drop 70B on, on one gaming company. Why not do the world a favor and bring back Windows Phone with that $70 billion? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be? Oh. No, you're that being was, facetious. But is that you know a what? favor? No, that, was that would be a favor. week. That yeah, would be a favor. I agree with you. Who was talking about it? When, I was seeing. I was seeing some chatter about it this week, but it was just like Windows Phone was such a 
dire operating system. No, it was a... Okay, wait a minute. Hold whoa, on. Whoa, 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 no. It was a no, great no, operating no, no. system. No, I'm sorry. You it can't failed. build a mobile operating system and then do an upgrade and say, right, everything else is is now junk. We're not going to support it. This was it bomber don't get mad at about Windows, <laughs> Windows Phone 7.5 Mango update or whatever the hell it was will live in, in infamy. Uh, live <laughs> tiles were smart. I'm really tired of live iOS. Live tiles were smart, yeah. And... and we need Zoom. competition. This is right now the biggest problem going on right now. Hang on, Alex. Did you just say Zune? Yes, I I, I owned a Zune. I, oh my I purchased god! The Zune passes. We've been friends for so long, but it I'm not sure I can. Poop I can brown I was it, Alex? This. Was it a brown Zune? I I had the black Zune okay. with the blue trim, and I will tell you this: when I was working on a farm. The the Zune could get me through a twelve or thirteen hour yeah. shift driving harvesters on one charge, and at the time my iPod couldn't do that, and so the Zune saved my bacon when I really needed it. I have and to say, was, this ah, was the last ah. Zune. The Zune HD was actually really, really good. They finally got it right at the end. But this was the same problem with Windows all Phone. All you know, it. the Nokia phones were absolutely fantastic, amazing, running, cam- amazing. What cameras. operating system? Running Windows Phone. Thank you. But then they bought Nokia, destroyed the company gave up on it, and if they're going to come back in again, it's got to be good. I, I don't think they're going to come. I don't think there's a chance in hell they're coming back to phones. But I would say this. First of all, they probably, unfortunately, would use Android because the mm. real problem with Windows Phone was they couldn't get the developers to support yeah. it and the phone companies to support it. If you don't put it in the store on the right. front desk, as somebody's walking in, nobody's going to ever buy it. It was the same with the Palm Pre, yeah. And so they didn't get the they didn't get the support they needed to make it a success and next, if, if Microsoft does a phone, in fact, they do one. The, I mean, they don't like to call it that, but the Duo is a phone and it's running Android, yeah. which is disappointing. So, I do think, I agree so with let's you 100%. Talk about, Go ahead, Cunning. Hmm. What, what is Microsoft buying? They're trying to buy an audience. They're trying to buy a customer base. They're yeah. trying to buy developers, right? And that's what Activision potentially can, gives them, right? It doesn't give them a great corporate culture at Activision. That all needs to be cleaned up, obviously. But they're trying to buy growth in audiences and in communities and developers. Is it yeah. the smart move? I'm not going to say it's the smart move. They have a lot of money. <laughs> Remember once upon a time they wanted to buy Yahoo for $49 billion and I forget what year that was, and that would have been an incredible acquisition 15 years or 20 years ago, whenever that was. But, you know, you have companies that are looking at paths ahead, and I'm not going to say that they're always making decisions in the best interest of what is the best technology, what's great, what do we want to bring to the marketplace. So, okay. Okay, I, I love I love that they bought GitHub, did very well with it. Um, yeah, they've been good stewards now, like, there. Yep. Yeah, they brought Linux to Windows. In fact, are they good stewards cool. at LinkedIn? That was their biggest acquisition. Uh, LinkedIn's not really developer focused, though. It's more of a more of a. Social but that place. was doing what Connie was just talking about, which is buying community, right? True. Community. But, but what if instead of buying Activision, what if instead they bought Unity, which is public and very cheap right now because their stock price is falling off a cliff, and then they get the Unity engine, which powers most of the mobile gaming world, creating an avenue back to get developers on board on a mobile sense from Microsoft, bringing us back to Windows Phone. <laughs> Wait, I didn't follow that that is a step. long and a but winding I, road, mate. That oh, really I'll take is. your word for it. <laughs> I just think that what we're seeing right now, this duopoly of Android and, and Apple, especially in the stores, the app stores, is not good. And Apple's facing a lot of heat because of that. Google's facing a lot of heat in, that, in the U.S. from LenaCon in the EU. It would, it would be the heat, the heat is off if Microsoft buy, it creates a competitive phone platform. I guess that's probably 
a non-starter. I, I think from a software perspective, it's incredibly difficult because, yeah. you know, it's too late. you've got, I mean, for developers, it's too late back got, then. Yeah, I mean, you either go mass market for Android and get very little money or you go niche for Apple and get a bit more money. But trying to create a third software ecosystem in the mobile phone sphere is going to be, you've got to have something absolutely killer Actually, to get people to change. In a way, maybe I could change the story. Microsoft has shown a lot of discipline. Uh, discipline that other companies lack gave up on phone phone quickly when it realized it was look at how f- short lived the kin was as soon as it realized <laughs> the product wasn't uh, going where it getting where it gave up it gave up on Cortana and now uh, Amazon and Google are stuck with a very expensive voice assistance that they have all incredibly hard time to monetize clearly Microsoft realized that early on maybe they're showing good corporate discipline but you raise an interesting question Connie about culture. Because, yes, Activision Blizzard has a horrific uh, culture with harassment, but so does Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft, last week, there was a report released about Microsoft's uh, lack of attention to complaints from female executives about advances from Bill Gates and others. They've had a similarly bad corporate culture. So... I mean, this maybe not quite as bad as Activision Activision was Um, horrible, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, this is a problem at tech companies in general, right? The lack of advancement of women. So I guess they're smart enough to put widgets together, but they can't figure out how to promote half of the gender in the world. So that's another conversation for another day. Well, maybe not another day. It's a good conversation. I I, I did a story about this earlier in the month because um, after 47 years Microsoft finally released its first sexual harassment report. Forty. They mean, were forced to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I spoke to Katie Mazuris about this, and she was just like, well, it only took nearly half a century. <laughs> just- and, and one of the things that came out was that there were many cases where uh, they just ignored the complaints, of, and particularly with the, the highest level executives, did not come out well for Bill Gates. No, well, I mean, he's he, we kind of knew that he has a record. But I mean, this goes across pretty much every Silicon Valley firm, as far as I can see. Well, that's the interesting question. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, how it is in Silicon Valley, and, and it shouldn't be. Should do something about it, I guess. But, it's changing. It is changing slowly, but it's yeah. changing way too slowly. That's not going to come but, into any consideration. Court's not going to consider that. FTC's not considering that, right? I mean, it's just considering the market and the and the amount of share that market would get. Yeah, I'm still not I'm still not sold on the deal, but I, I do think that Lena Khan flexing her muscles here is indicative of what we expected from her when she got the job. See, I feel and- like it's almost performative that politics these days is so performative. It's like oh, not oh, really oh. necessarily there's a problem here, but I've got to say something because, you know, I've got to show the flag. No, no, Leo. Come on. If she didn't try to stop this, what's her point? And so if she did try to stop it, she's doing what she said she was going to do. I, I think you're going one level too cynical on this. I think we have a reform-minded person in the chair. There's a big deal with a big company coming through. It'll make an even bigger company. And frankly, put aside the fact that it's Microsoft, that it's Activision Blizzard, that it's big tech. Uh, Microsoft is one of the biggest companies in the world, period. And it wants to buy an enormous company that uh, may change the competitive landscape. This is where we should have the government come in and be like, actually, $2 trillion in market cap is sufficient. Like, come on, if we can't stop this, then what deal would not trip the the red lines of corporate agglomeration? This is the blob. Okay. 
And I'm yeah. laughing at your comment, Leo, that politics these days is performative. <laughs> these days, like what? Dude, wake up. All of a sudden, people but are. <laughs> Alex is right. She came in on a platform to look at big tech. That's yeah. literally what she came in and said. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about her, her background and. So it's like, oh, should anybody be surprised? I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like, no, big yeah. tech has gotten big. And the influence that it has over our lives, if you were uncertain about it before, certainly living through the pandemic, has convinced you that these companies have a lot of power, have a lot of influence, have a lot of sway in your life. And it's all well and good until something happens that annoys you or inconveniences you or you realize, wait a minute, that's not fair. Right. And so. I mean, we can talk about what's happening with Twitter and the fate of democracy, but Microsoft is a very, very large company. They want to get bigger because their whole rationale is not the betterment of humanity. It's the betterment of profit. And they're looking for audience and people and opportunity. And why don't they buy Unity? Because they're also looking for scale. How fast can we do it? Ouch, 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 ouch. Brutal. I used to talk to the Unity CFO after earnings, and then they stopped asking when their stock price fell by like. It's 90%. Unreal Engine all the way, right? That's it's just done. That's why because Unreal, except for Apple, because Unreal Engine doesn't run on Apple because of Epic Apple. But, uh, but yeah, well, Unity powers a, a big chunk of the mobile gaming world. I was joking mobile. a little bit earlier about okay, that. Mobile, yeah, 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 mobile, and and that's why I tried to connect it to Windows yeah. Phone earlier as a joke. But yeah. like, it, oh, I finally is kind got of it. Up. Thank you for uh, explaining that joke. That's sorry, I thought <laughs> I thought I had a more sophisticated audience. There so. is an issue. Oh, meow. Ooh, oh, <laughs> I just get Kissy has there. Oh, that hurts. Right here's the problem. Here's the problem. You guys are all in California, my state that I love. It's two thirty in the afternoon there. It's dinner time here, and Uh-oh. I'm going to get hungrier and get hungrier. Get some food. Get a Snickers. I'm out, I'm out in the shed, Leo. There's a wind <laughs> snowstorm between me and the house. And I can't your even, wife. Is uh, oh. rather large right now, and she would not bring me food because she's my spouse, not my servant. So, like, I'm just going to oh, be hungry. Wow. You for are a, while. a modern man. That's very uh, I'm, damn right. I, Impressive. I, I aspire to be. I mean, yeah. good for you. Yeah. Uh, tech politics is a little performative. Yes, <laughs> and I do worry a little bit about performative actions against big tech. Okay, maybe you should say, uh, you know, Activision, Microsoft. That's not a good idea. But look at all the state governments now banning TikTok. Oh, it's mm. that's uh, performative, isn't it? Yeah. it it's useless. I um, mean, it, it really Tennessee is. now, South Dakota, South I mean, Dakota, that, that Christy a, Nome. a huge problem in South Dakota, Maryland, you know, rural poverty, no broadband, the rest yeah. of it. But no, let's ban TikTok. <laughs> and they aren't banning oh, it for uh, citizens; they're just banning it for state government because that's all they can do. But that, I mean, it's pure performative. But or maybe not. You know what? Uh, probably the app. Shouldn't be on the phones of service members in the Pentagon. Shouldn't be on the phone of, you know, people with uh, high-profile jobs and security <laughs> issues. Okay, that's fine. Well, no, I mean, we've seen this before with things like uh, fitness trackers, which exposed U.S. bases. Um, yes. We've had Strava. Yeah, yeah, we've had. Yeah. You know, uh, apparently the U.S. government claims that they managed to send a hellfire drone after an al-Qaeda senior level up because somebody put a post, uh, put a <laughs> okay. geotagged picture on social media. If you're media. an al-Qaeda, don't use TikTok. Probably a good, uh, good idea not to use TikTok. <laughs> so there are people who shouldn't use it. But for regular citizens, uh, how much of a threat is it? There is a commissioner of the FCC who says it should be banned. Uh, well, he's uh, he's doctor performative. If I you know. talk to the FCC. But uh, Mark Warner, Michael, right? Senator, yeah, Senator Mark Warner also says it should be banned. Um. I mean, does everyone? Hear- this is why I worry. This is why I worry about coming down on 
big tech as a general principle because it's it, we've gotten a lot of benefits from big tech. We survived. Uh, but Lee, Lee, are you ignoring why people are mentioning this and why we want to might might not want TikTok on the mobile phones of government contractors or people in a position of power that affects our nuclear arsenal. It's because the Chinese government can be collecting data on the back end. We don't know what we don't know. How does that affect you and me and and our everyday life? I don't know. Probably. Do you think TikTok is a hazard to you or your kids? Don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I, I can tell I you there are some, life every day there's some, Ameri- there's some American companies that are a hazard to you and your kids. Facebook. I mean, it's, Fox all, News. it's all scale. <laughs> Just because it's but Chinese doesn't mean <laughs> it's I mean, a okay. hazard. Okay, out of interest, of, of the panelists here, who has TikTok on their personal phones? Oh, no. I Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. I take it off every Okay. Time. I'm the only one? Yeah. So the Chinese gonna... missiles are going to hit me? No, I mean, I have it on a burner phone, but I won't have it on my <laughs> wow, personal Wow, you guys one. are paranoid. <laughs> hey, only the paranoid no. survive. <laughs> I, I think instead, Leo, we're, we're just aware of how information policy works with Chinese companies. No, I understand. And, and this I is tech regulation in reverse. I understand. Care about... but, but what are they going to do with that information? Whatever they want. What? But what do they got? They know where I am. Maybe. Oh, no, I've turned off location services. What do they know? They don't know diddly. This phone is not, this app is not giving up much. And there are far worse apps you guys are using already. By the way, does this reassure you? TikTok has announced that Oracle will now be storing all U.S. citizens' data. Are you happy about that? <laughs> no. Oh, yes, I, I trust Larry. Oracle. <laughs> so, well, wait a yes. minute, though. It's American. Well, no, but I mean, okay, we, 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 we diss China for this, but let's fight under the Patriot Act. American companies are just as liable to hand over data to the government as Chinese companies are. So let's not be hypocritical about this. All hail the glorious leader. Um, but, I mean, it's it's one of those things that if you're dealing with a national software, then, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to accept. But I just, I'm not happy about sending that data to China. Okay. I'm worried yeah. that it might be more xenophobia. It might be anti-Chinese sentiment as opposed to actual legitimate fear. Well, uh, don't, well, don't conflate criticism of a totalitarian government with dislike of the people it oppresses. No, of right? course not. Let's, and we're not saying that because yeah. clearly the issue is that the Chinese government can see everything. You know, all they have to do is knock on the door and say, hey, TikTok, we want to see what, what's going on. Right. Asking the American uh, government no, with Gmail. And, uh, yeah. Uh, that's there's, kind there's, of my position rules. is we are being our privacy is being invaded by a lot of people. TikTok is is the least of your worries. What are I, they going to do? I think, if you're a Chinese national, uh, overseas Chinese national, don't use TikTok. Of course not. Uh, you shouldn't use uh, WeChat either, which no. you do because that's how you stay in touch with your family. Uh, yeah, I understand that. But me, you, Connie, uh, what uh, what are they getting that's so scary? They're not. They're getting, getting a psychographic profile of who you are oh, and man. what you're interested in and what you like and what you don't like. And by the way, TikTok is making this big push. <laughs> around the world, not yet in the U.S., to set up e-commerce shops so that you can buy stuff. Then I get even more data about you, what you liked and what you didn't like and what you bought and what you didn't buy. And so they're creating a profile of you at a very, very minute level, starting with what kind of dance music you like to or what but silly Instagram, videos you like to So watch. are you less worried about Instagram knowing all that? And by the way, they are selling stuff? 
So I'm going to repeat what Ian said. As journalists who follow this stuff, we're all nervous about all of it. Okay. We don't know what okay. they're doing with it. And, you know, Andy Grove is right. Only the paranoid survive. <laughs> but I, I do remember that app that everybody was so enamored with where you could put in your photo and then it would age you and show you what, mm-hmm. you know, it, what you look like as you got older. Oh, what's the big deal? It's just a game. Well, now that somebody's building a world database of every face on the planet. And well, how, well face how recognition, can that I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, Clearview is, is doing this on, a, on <laughs> yeah. an industrial scale. I do get slightly peeved when I see all these people. Oh, this is what an AI generator makes my face look like. It's like, right. So you've given that AI system six to eight pictures of your face. You think they're just going to delete those? It, it, it's just, <laughs> just bonkers. I'm just more worried about American companies who, without any restriction, collecting information about us, which we allow because they're American. Uh, that seems to me as much of a danger, if not more. Uh, but the danger is they're going to, you know, they're going to try to sell you stuff. Um, uh, Leo, I'll compromise with you on this, and I'll, I'll say I, I'm worried about TikTok. I'm also worried about American companies, and I vote for stricter uh, regulation on all of them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think that yeah. I think that we're they so don't. lagging behind yeah. the technology here with the regulatory uh, structure. Which, to be clear, I know capitalism and it's important to have some free space at the frontiers and blah blah blah. But like you know, this stuff isn't new anymore. We should have better rules about it. Uh, but this came up in my life because having a kid, and we're trying to think about oh. how we can share pictures. Of oh, her. get ready, baby! <laughs> and the uh, hospital, the hospital will sell information about this birth. Yeah. And, so I'm. You and your child uh, will be notified with a draft notice at the age of 18, thanks to the hospital. And at age 21, we'll start receiving mail saying, and now that you're 21, because everybody knows exactly all their, you know, this is amazing. The hospital's been selling that information. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to share pictures of the kiddo with our extended network without either giving the information to a major platform or mm-hmm. making it publicly accessible. And the answer appears to be printing out photographs and mailing them. Um, so I, I'm a little <laughs> disappointed by how pervasive ad tech is. So yeah. somebody in our chat room, Burn Tech says, well, the reason this is a problem is because communism is going to do with the data different than what Instagram or other U.S. companies do with it. What is communism going to do with all that data? Oh my God! Have you been to China? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yes. the first, I mean, the first time I went to are, China. Are you, are you worried about religious persecution? No, no. It's when you go to China, you realize, yeah, they are communist in terms of state control. They're very when capitalistic. Come, when it comes to business, they're, they're capitalistic and they're better at it than we are because they have whoa, fewer. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, Alex, are you having a baby? That, oh, okay. He doesn't like. Oh, that. wait. <laughs> No, no, I, I was just complaining. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm, now I feel terribly rude. I was just going to complain about your capitalism point in China. But please, Ian, keep going. <laughs> no, all I'm saying is, I mean, they are hyper-capitalist, oh. foot oh. down on the floor oh. all it's the amazing. way. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. But Shopping I mean, in China is quite an experience. But with, a, a, you know, the communist state control over it. But in terms of business, they have far fewer safeguards than we have in the U.S. in terms of dealing with data, dealing yeah, with they let they let Jack Ma do whatever he wanted. Well, until, until he, he became went globally known and was, went against them. And then, of course, he's gone. Yeah. But so I mean, you that's look, really the big uh, sin in China is not selling as much as you can to No, everybody. the big sin is going is, is threatening state government in any way yeah. at all, in which case yeah. you are absolutely screwed. Right. I want to move on. We got, a, we, got, we got a lot to talk about. And we have uh, only about three or four hours to talk about it. <laughs> no, I won't do that to you. Um, hey, it's so good to have all three of you. Thank you, Connie Guillermo, for being here. Editor-in-chief at CNET, Ian Thompson, editor, a uh, U.S. editor. Uh, but that's in chief. 
Is there somebody higher than you in the US? Uh, we have an editor in chief, but yeah, we're basically it's it's a flat. Honestly, hierarchy. it's it, it's a very you know it's like it's a title. They you, you the have to have a title. It's kind of know. like the Chinese Politburo. No, that's I right. was going to say I'm curious. <laughs> no, but I mean it's a yeah, flat finish structure. that sentence. <laughs> Everyone writes, edits, or sells. So, you, you know, it's That's a what flat I'm structure. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Alex Wilhelm, who is, in fact, editor-in-chief of TechCrunch Plus. That's new, right? You stopped doing that, and now you're back doing that? Um, Lux TechCrunch came back and then ended up um, helping outrun the, uh, the subscription side of the, of the site. So yeah, I've been doing you, this for a while, like, you were just a reporter at TechCrunch. Yeah. yeah now you're now back. The manager again. They yep. keep pulling you in. Once you've managed people once, people want you to keep doing it yeah. because managing people, as I'm sure Connie knows, is uh, is the funnest and, and most edifying thing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. It is one of those weird dichotomies oh, about journalism. The, the better you get at it, the less they, you, the less the they Peter, let you do that's it. That's the Peter but, principle. You know, that's the Peter yes. principle. People rise to their level of incompetence. <laughs> and I, I have reached mine. <laughs> <laughs> Our show today brought to you by Ryan Reynolds. No, by Mint Mobile. Although I have to say Ryan Reynolds' ads for Mint Mobile are fantastic. Uh, this holiday season, the best deal in wireless. Forget all those ads you're going to see. All Oh, gosh, I hate these ads where they get big celebrities and all these, you know, personalities saying how great they are. And this is why I love Ryan. He says, no, 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 no. We're just going to give you the best deal and, and spend the money. Uh, you know, forget the money we're spending on marketing and we're going to give you the deal. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile, Get this. And by any three-month plan, just add another three months for free. For free. The first company to sell premium wireless service online only, and that means they save. They not only buy cheap ads, they they don't have stores. They don't waste money on a bunch of other stuff. They just, they just sell online. You can order and activate from your very home. In fact, now they support eSIM, which is great. You don't even have to get a SIM mailed to you. You can just put it in. And you're going to save tons in the phone plan. Now, people always come to me and say, i got a great deal. I'm only paying uh, 75 bucks a month. I'm only paying 50 bucks a month. How about $15 a month for unlimited nationwide talk and text, high-speed data on the nation's largest 5G network, 15 bucks a month. Come on, beat that. I guarantee you, I've looked, no one can beat that. That is a great, great service. I've been using Mint Mobile now for two years. This would be a great time to switch. I got to tell you, there's a sting when you get your cell bill from those other guys. It's big. And it seems to get bigger. And there's all those hidden fees and, you know, weird stuff they add to that. No, Mint Mobile, it's very simple. No hidden fees, no magic stuff, just 15 bucks a month. And for a limited time, buy any three-month plan, you get three more months free. By going online only with eSIM, eliminating the cost of those stores, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you, all their plans, unlimited talk and text, high-speed data. I'll tell you the secret. They're on T-Mobile. They're a T-Mobile MVMO, MVNO. So if you get good T-Mobile service, you're going to get good Mint Mobile service. It's great. And by the way, yeah, I'm getting 5G. T-Mobile calls it UC, ultra capacity, almost everywhere. Almost everywhere now. It's amazing. Bring your phone if you want. Switch effortlessly with eSIM if your phone supports it. If uh, you need a new device, they sell cell phones too. A, a great place to get an iPhone SE or iPhone 14. And for a limited time, you'll get six months of service free when you buy a select device and plan. Wait a minute. They buried the lead. Half a year free when you buy a phone from them. Switch to Mint Mobile. You'll get premium wireless service. Great service. 15 bucks a month. 
They have unlimited plans. They have other plans as well. 15 bucks a month is four gigabytes of data a month. For most people, that's all you need. Why are you paying more? Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. For a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan. Get three months more free. Go to mintmobile.com slash twit. Mintmobile.com slash twit. This is absolutely the best deal in cell phones, and there's just no reason not to do it. Mintmobile.com slash twit. Thank you, Mint Mobile, for supporting This Week in Tech. You support us, too, and this is very important by using that address, that uh, you know extra little thing at the end, slash twit, because that's how they know you saw it here. Mintmobile.com slash twit. This surprised me. Kind of, you just briefly mentioned this. Bloomberg had a story this week that eSports is fading. The hype around eSports is fading as investors and sponsors dry up. And I was just saying a couple of weeks ago, I thought eSports was about to take over from the NFL and FIFA and everybody. I guess I was wrong. Uh, Funding sources are dwindling. Signs abound. This is Cecilia D'Anastasio at uh, Bloomberg writing. Signs abound that athletic competition via video games doesn't have anywhere near the earning potential investors anticipated. Doesn't doesn't this come back to what you were saying, Connie? With you know, we're coming out of lockdown now, so you know, just sitting in playing games all all the time just isn't isn't the option that it was, you know, a couple of years ago. Well, I think people want to sit around and watch games, as everybody I know has been watching the World yeah. Cup the yeah. week. But yes, I think. Uh, the market is changing. But I also think one of the biggest changes is that the ad market is collapsing. And by that, I mean a lot of advertisers are concerned about inflation and the recession, whether we're in a recession or not in a recession, mm-hmm. and they pull back their ad spend. And that is affecting everyone. All media companies are seeing a massive shortfall in ad spending because companies who have the dollars are very cautious. And that obviously affects this esports industry where advertising is going to be a big chunk of their revenue. So if you don't have money, to invest and there's no growth, well, that causes a little bit of a problem no matter what business you're in. Well, but that's a, so let me, that's an interesting question. Isn't this just a, a part of the economic cycle? It's down now, but it'll, it'll come back. God, I hope so. it'll come back later because we're seeing that too in podcast ad sales. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think it's working in, in some regards. Um, I mean, Alex and I are both, I'm not sure about the economy, but I mean, we're both for, Formula One fans and we're down in the down season at the moment, and now esports is trying to take over, and you try watching it's some of these races, and it's, no, yeah. it's nowhere near as much fun. But I always think when I think of that, I think of how I enjoy cricket. <laughs> I don't know the game, so I don't. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and I think to some degree, it's, I'm, frankly, I found the same thing with soccer. I, I mean, that one that that game between England and the U.S. that ended with nothing, nothing tie. That, to me, was like watching paint dry. But that's, I recognize that's probably because I don't have the same you know, understanding of the sport. So maybe that's all that's missing in esports. Maybe you need to learn more well, about no, Dota 2. I, th- I think because it's virtual, you, you lose something. You know, if it's not... You know, I, I've tried watching esports racing, and there's not that, you know, a car, two cars bumped together and the software you know, puts a, slows one down a bit and the rest of it, but... It's not quite the same. I, I think the same with football, the same with probably his own a sports baseball thing. 
Um, but I mean, esports cricket. I can't imagine anything worse. But nobody's doing esports cricket. You're right. <laughs> but e- there were esports baseball sounds like like something that you have yeah. to do in hell. No, no. I, I think they're yeah. doing League Phoenix of Legends. League. They're doing Dota two. They're exactly. mostly doing mobas. They're doing games that are Starcraft that are exciting to watch. That you can have a team. Um, Alex, are you're a fan, right? I'm an enormous esports fan, and I'm also not surprised that this is where we're ending up right now because mm-hmm. there was a a boom of excitement in terms of what these teams might be worth, what these leagues might be able to put out, and it got ahead of the underlying strength of the industry. And so now we're seeing kind of the comeuppance of that. I agree that the adpocalypse that every single one of us in the publishing world is staring down because mm-hmm. publications are shutting down. Everyone's worried about ad sales. Of course, it's going to impact esports. But really, I just think that people put a little bit more capital then the industry could properly digest into it. And now we're seeing that kind of shake out. Uh, it's a disappointment, but here's what I'll say. 10 years ago, if I had said, Leo, there's going to be League of Legends tournaments that regularly fill stadiums around the world, probably I would have been chuckled at and I would have been fine, but that's still happening. So the esports boom is still here. It's just not going to become the NFL 2.0 that people hoped for. But many things were a little bit overhyped in the last couple of years and have, have come down since. So I don't think this is a uniquely esports thing. I'll just say, uh, bummer, you know. <laughs> uh, do you think it'll come back? Is it because I mean, it's so funny because, I, and maybe this is just a side effect of the, you know, the obsession with quarterly results and the way the stock market works. That it's it's always what have you done for me lately? And there's no sense of long term thinking. So it's down now. It's over. But it's normal for there to be ups and downs. We're all of tech is going down because. It, there was such a high during COVID, hmm. and now it's recovering, probably not to the level even before COVID. I mean, if you look at stock prices, for the most part, they're still ahead of January 2020. So I, I feel like it's a short-sighted thing to say, oh, yeah, esports is over. Or is it? Is it really? Is it, Connie, I mean, isn't this just part of the ups and downs? I mean, yeah, we're all, you know, I'm sure CNET's ad, ad sales is, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I know our ad sales are tightening. Um, I think that's just, but it's going to, but I have a faith. Is it going to come back? Yeah, I have faith that it's going to come back. I mean, I was just listening to everything that you were saying about just the quarterly cycle and people looking for revenue. And somebody spent seven years covering public companies at Bloomberg. Yes, people want profit now. Instant gratification takes too long. So is it going to come back or not? Should it? I don't know the answer to that question because I am not an esports fan. All credit to you, Alex, for doing it. I like to go outside. But oh. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, this know. is good. The shots fired back and forth. <laughs> I was going to apologize for taking a shot at Leo earlier, but now that I know the guns are out, I'm not okay. going to. Okay. Everybody, well, I'm just saying that because you're about is to over. Not go Everyone calm down. Calm down. No, you're right, Connie. Yeah. So you, that's good. I forget that you also cover business for a long time. So you really... You've seen this business cycle before. And I have to tell you, I have become extremely cynical about business in the U.S. (laughs) right now. Look, people want profits at all costs. And, you know, this idea that we have to have so many billionaires and that that is the aspirational goal of people coming out of school, not to build something amazing, but to become a billionaire. I mean, that kind of worries me and makes Mm -hmm. me very, very sad. What are we looking at right now in the tech industry in general? We're looking at companies laying off tons of people. Is it because those people were doing a great job and the market has shrunk? No, it's part of the correction of those companies. They grew too fast. They're they're a little bit bloated. So they're taking an opportunity in the market 
to retrench, which is what every business does whenever there's a downturn in the economy. Does that mean that, uh, you know, some businesses are not going to suffer more than others? Of course, some businesses will go away because the business market will dry up for them. So it is definitely, we live in a very unforgiving, profit-driven world. I mean, look at what happened at Twitter. Let's let's save on, uh, you know, the single largest expense of any company is staff. So let's go into Twitter and eviscerate 50% of the team. Are, did they need to cut 50% of those people? Maybe. I don't know. I don't have the inside track on what everybody was doing at Twitter, but you know that there's a more reasonable way to do it than that. But this quest for the almighty dollar has really taken hold. And even I'm going to get off my soapbox in just a second. I was watching a doc- documentary not too long ago about Hershey, the guy who started Hershey Chocolate. And he set up his company town in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and, you know, employed all of the people who actually also ran in town. And somebody, he went out one day to the field and someone was showing him a tractor and said, look at this, we can now have these tractors and they'll do the work of 40 men. And it was the start of the depression. And he said, park the tractors and hire the 40 people Hmm. because it's more important that we keep those people's livelihood. Can you imagine any of our tech giants having that argument with themselves today? And so- Yes, it's, it's, it it's, is a quest for Almighty the, Dollar. The, the, the tech companies I'm are sorry. the analog of the tractor seller in this story, mm. right? They, <laughs> we're, they're selling the tractors. They want to. They want to put take people out of the uh, job market. Um, well, no, I mean the, the, the sorry, Alex. Go sorry, Ian, please. No, no, off to you, Mike. Okay, I'll, I'll just say. Can to, you to start hating point. each other like you hate me? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> no, being too friendly. We, Knock look, it off. He, he, he likes watching cars go fast. I like watching cars go fast. Therefore, we're brothers. You know Sorry. what? We're, you know what? You know what I'm doing in November of next year. What are you doing? Las Vegas F1. Oh, got that's... my tickets. Got my hotel room. My word. Okay. So, I'm so gonna, there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to mug you after the after the Very show. Excited. Sorry. Just, we're going to be sitting in the stands that are over the Bellagio fountains, watching. These cars, so is that these like getting million a, a dollar cars, or? <laughs> yeah, these million dollar cars traveling down the strip at two hundred miles an hour. I cannot wait. <laughs> that's it's over. That's going to be it's going to be excellent. But um, back to the the, the oh, sorry, about, yes. um, no, no, you're fine. Um, about tech companies and and their approach to labor. If you go to a lot of these major tech companies back in the day, you know, pre COVID. A lot of their workers were essentially contracted out to third comp- third party companies, so that way they didn't have to employ yes. them and, and kind of pay them. This was the bus drivers, the people who it still happens. People- Microsoft hires tons of contractors, yeah, so they don't do. through a third party company, so they don't have to pay them benefits and. And they don't have to deal with labor issues and so forth. And I I think it's a disgrace. And I think it shows that American capitalism, which I am am, am still net positive in favor of, um, has some rot in it that we could uh, exterminate. It it depresses me how we treat people. Um, And back to the esports point, it is cyclical. But I'll I'll just say that I think it's going to be here forever and it's not going to die. It'll just be a sad place for a couple of years and it'll come back. Do you think long term is the real question? So then long term, can esports truly be as engaging uh, and as we don't want to measure it in profit, but might as well profitable as the big sports today, NFL and NBA and. Well, I mean, the major major profit in sports is broadcasting and then ancillary services. Yeah. Now broadcasting esports can take some of that, but you know, there's, an enormous amount of money goes into the stadiums, into stuff that's sold live. That's true. I, I mean, there are esports stadiums all over the country now. Yeah, nice ones. 
Yeah. So I and I have to say, I watched. Uh, I was watching the uh, uh, League of Legend. I think it was League of Legends finale in San Francisco. Did you see the? They had Little Nas X in the opening show and everything. I, pl- I think I played a little bit of that, except it probably was taken down on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, but what was impressive to me, impressive to me, and bodes to me bodes well in long term, is the announcers. Five years ago, esports announcers were terrible. <laughs> Right? They were they 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 were they sucked the life out of the thing. Now, they're good. They yeah. are as good as any NFL or uh, NBA announcer. They bring life to it and they need to because these games are complicated, hard to understand. Mm. Uh and they need to bring people in. There's also the problem of and this may be a more intractable problem. The people playing these games don't look so good. Cuz when you're playing um, a game like Dota 2, you're kind of slack-jawed so and glassy-eyed. Have you seen British rugby players? I mean, it's like... <laughs> no, they're good-looking. hanging down. No, the but they're good-looking. And- These guys... I mean, watching somebody play a game is not... Ex- I mean, that's bad, right? there. Well, you you don't you don't watch the esports game to watch the players' faces. Well, they that's get to a little player cam so yeah. you can see... Rea- that's well, a problem. That's... I mean, right. up, what's it, what, up close and personal. We need to get up close and personal with these guys. I will say that esports announcements has gotten a lot better. It's really, and I, I was do impressed. think, boy, especially the the League of Legends teams have some really, really insanely high levels of prep. I watched a uh, a backstage type video of one um, League of Legends tournament and how they had the meetings talking about the matches that were coming up and what they were going to talk about. Yeah, and it was just a, a level of preparation that I found. Uh, just very professional and impressive. And so they put in the work. But I will say, I haven't played League of Legends in a couple of years because I played other stuff. And I came back to watching a little bit of The Last World and I was like, <laughs> they've changed everything. Oh no. What are, what are these symbols? And I, I felt like... Um, now you know how I feel. Yeah, it's like, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, it's you have to stay current. And I think that's tough given the amount of competition out there. There's not that many sports that make it on TV, frankly. That's going to hurt. That is going to hurt esports because you have mm-hmm. to pick a winner. You have to. You can't so have titles. 15 games that everybody plays. It's too right. many. You got to pick one. No two. one's ever going to watch an Age of Empires esports thing. Oh, it's I would. Just... That's exciting. Yeah, but it takes hours. Oh, well, that's true. You yeah. got to speak okay. it up. You got to speak. So does a baseball looking game. At, looking at and a cricket camera. game takes weeks. So come well, on. Yeah, but you know. I, I think I think we can take Connie's camera shot as, as indicative of what the audience feels about our she's esports. So <laughs> like, she's so bored. So I'm sorry. All right. So let's moving let's, on. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> move, moving, moving on. Sorry. Never mind. I'm sorry I brought it up. Let's take a little break. We'll come back with more. <laughs> what? <laughs> Our show today, my friends, brought to you by ExpressVPN. Now, I have to tell you, it comes up a lot for uh, a lot of people where you're somewhere where you want to watch, you know, that game or you want to watch that movie, but geographic restrictions prevent you from doing so. That's one of the three main reasons people use virtual private networks. Uh, The other reason, of course, you know this, is security. When you're on open Wi-Fi access point, it's a very good idea to encrypt all your traffic, not just some of your traffic. That's what a VPN does, so nobody can spy on you. And the third one is privacy. Now, maybe you've heard, but Santa Claus is coming to town, but Santa Claus keeps the most privacy-invasive list in the world, the naughty or nice list. He is he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you are awake. Talk now you need a VPN. <laughs> you definitely you if, if you cannot avoid the all-seeing eye of your internet service provider. And by the way, it's completely legal in this country and it is a widespread 
thing to do to sell your information about what you do on the internet to third-party marketers. That's that's one of the, you know, Facebook isn't going to sell it because they want to keep it to themselves. The But the internet service providers, they aren't ad companies. They aren't information-gathering, sucking companies that want to sell it to third parties. This holiday season, protect yourself online. Get the rid of the regional restrictions you, you don't need and give yourself and your loved ones the gift of privacy. Express VPN. You said, oh, I use a privacy mode in my browser. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything. It keeps it. All it does is it keeps uh, your browser history invisible to people in your house. Your Internet provider, AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, they see everything you're doing, everything you're doing. They know how much time you spend on each site. They almost certainly sold it to advertisers. With ExpressVPN, all your traffic gets rerouted through an encrypted server so your browsing activity remains entirely your business. Now, I'm going to add one more thing. There are many VPNs to choose from. Why do I prefer? Why do I tell you you use ExpressVPN? Why do I use it myself? Because you also have to worry about your privacy with a VPN provider. And a free VPN provider is not protecting your privacy. They're making money on you. ExpressVPN is affordable, less than 7 bucks a month with our offer, but still... That's I think that's a good price, but you want a VPN provider that costs money. You want a VPN provider that guarantees your privacy. ExpressVPN is independently audited to make sure that they adhere to their privacy policy. Uh, in, in, the independent auditors also said that ExpressVPN's trusted server technology works as advertised. I love this. They went the extra mile. ExpressVPN actually writes open source software for their own use, the trusted server software. So that when you use the server, it spins up in RAM sandbox, so it can't write to the hard drive. And as soon as you leave the server, it closes. You get your very own trusted server, and not a trace of your visit exists. Nowhere on the servers. They couldn't sell that information if they wanted to. They have actually taken the steps. Plus, they run a special Debian distribution for all their servers that gets completely wiped every day. So even if they somehow, something got logged to the disk, it's gone by the next morning. We know this is true, not just from independent audits, but from governments, not not ours, but governments with no-knock warrants who've taken these servers and said, oh, hmm, there's nothing on it. It's so easy to use ExpressVPN as an app for everybody, every phone, every uh, operating system. They even have ExpressVPN routers, or you can put it on your existing router in some cases. You know, you have to have a compatible router. And that's great because then you got to have whole house protection. And ExpressVPN invests in there. This is the other reason why you like you want to use an ExpressVPN. They invest in their servers so the speed is so good you will never feel like, oh, I don't want to use this. It's too slow. It's just as fast as your Internet. Uh, they also, and this is a more technical thing, but they rotate their IP addresses. You, you may wonder, well, how do people know I'm on a VPN? Because those addresses get known, right? And so the BBC iPlayer says, well, I know that address. That's a VPN. If you rotate your IP addresses, if you have fresh IP addresses all the time, that doesn't happen. Another reason to use ExpressVPN. Take yourself off Santa's naughty list with a number one rated VPN service. Visit expressvpn.com slash twit. Three extra months free when you buy a one-year plan. That'll get down below seven bucks. I think that's a very good price. Uh, this is the one I use. expressvpn.com slash twit. ExpressVPN. We thank you so much for supporting our show and thank you for supporting the show by going to expressvpn.com slash twit you know what else you can do to support the show you can join our club i am meeting more and more club twit members this is wonderful 
Uh, I meet him in the Discord. I meet him in our Mastodon and on our Twit community. Uh, the club is seven bucks a month. It's one buck less than a blue check, which makes it a specialty. Good deal. <laughs> what do you get? You get ad-free versions of every show. You wouldn't even hear this ad. Ad-free versions of every show. Uh, you also get the Discord, which is the best darn community ever. And you get shows on the Twit Plus feed that uh, we don't put out anywhere else, including Micah Sargent's Hands on Macintosh, Paul Therott's Hands on Windows, The Untitled Linux Show with Jonathan Bennett, Stacy's Book Club. We're going to do Project Hail Mary in January. Uh, the Giz Fizz with Dick D. Bartolo. There's a whole lot of great content uh, on the Club Twit feed. Please, it helps us. Uh, just like everybody else, recession recession is looming. But uh, we feel like if you support us, then we we know we can keep going. Seven bucks a month, twit.tv slash club twit. And let me uh, tell you, this is a great gift for the holidays, for the geek in your life. We have a yearly plan that might be a nice gift. Twit.tv slash club twit. Thank you in advance. Uh, you're all on Twitter. You're all on Twitter. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. It's our no. It's our job to write. You know, we we. we I guess it's journalists. We we, we watch the show. You know, yeah. we'll watch how it goes. If you weren't a journalist, if you're just a normal person, <laughs> you probably wouldn't even be on. You would have never been on Twitter. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, it was. I, Tr- no. Trying to get normal people to use Twitter still is impossible. They're like, well, what would I post? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever you're thinking. They're like, yeah, pass. I'm not going to do that. It's kind just... of a valued thing, though, because my parents aren't on Twitter. My my sister isn't on Twitter. So it's like they're, you know, Facebook, yeah, still on it because it keeps me in contact with Europe. But, you know, with Twitter, you can just like, yeah, okay. You know, no one else is going to read this in the family, so it's not going to cover the Christmas party. So, yeah. What is so? You know, he, I, I still don't understand why. I guess Elon did this because he had to, right? He had no choice. <clears throat> he, courts were going to make him do it, so he just said, "All right, fine." He didn't really want it. Now he's got it, and now he's burning it to the ground. You know, it's twelve just, hours ago he uh, that post. He's starting to come out. Just, uh, he's starting to come out in public with his uh, crazy QAnon beliefs. Well, no, but if you are you talking about the prosecute Fauci? My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. This is a unique tweet because it pisses people off in a variety of ways. Uh, you see, I if you, uh, looking at prosecute the stuff he's done late, Fauci for what? <clears throat> yeah, looking first at of the, all, looking at the follow-on tweets, though, he's trying to put, put, portray this as. You know, I'm just checking to see what, what the bots are. Oh, that's are what doing. the nut jobs do. They say, "Oh, yeah. just joking." Uh, you know, it's just a joke. Why are you no, taking it so I seriously? It's just I, I can only assume he was smoking heavily t- like yesterday. Oh, who? I don't want to give him any uh, any uh, excuses at all. Um, I did you? <laughs> now, on the other hand, I am looking forward to buying one of Twitter's old coffee machines. <laughs> so there's that. I guess he's figured out another way. <laughs> Another way to make money besides firing everybody is having a massive auction of all the uh, Twitter stuff. Have you seen this? This goes uh, on sale. I think it's a one-day only sale from the Heritage Global Auction House. Uh, Surplus corporate offsets of Twitter featuring kitchen equipment, electronics, furniture, memorabilia. Look, they have uh, 100 Twitter bird statues. I I would buy one of those. I would love that. I can't yeah, tell how big it is. Yeah, that's the question. Can I put it like as a living room like feature? How piece? about an at sign sculpture planner? D- it's sold. <laughs> Wait, send me this URL. I, I'm gonna bidspotter.com. 
beautiful Eames chairs, molded plywood lounge chairs. Those are expensive. Their starting bids are low, but you know, they'll go up quickly. It's only a 24-hour auction, January 17th. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Look, here's a beautiful coffee machine. That's a beautiful $25. You wire that into your house. You'll never have to go to Starbucks again. A Marza is this uh is this a Marzacco? Uh there are quite a few of those actually. Some burr grinders. I think this is also performative to some degree, like Elon is showing how pampered and overindulged the employees were. I think there's an element of that. As, as someone in the in the forum has just noted, Christina Warren is going to be onto this. Like, oh, she'll you know, love this. Yeah, under counter I mean, freezer drawers. They shut down the cafeteria. In fact, there was a sad tweet from the people who had been making food for Twitter employees for more than a decade, saying, "Thanks, it's been fun. Goodbye." It was a good cafe. It has to be said. Was it? I've I mean, never been no, there. The food, the food there was very, very good. Wow. But I mean, Elon's right to close it down. You know, yeah. On the other hand, I mean, the point is, Ooh, how about this? Because I used to a work. gas deck type pizza oven. <laughs> we could open a Pepe's. Here I have in to Pet say, Loma. that's not something you need in the office. But I mean, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> hey, what's the point of being a ridiculously wealthy tech company if you can't have a pizza oven in under under uh, dresser under uh, desk? It is uh, kind of amazing because <laughs> Twitter only had, I think, one profitable quarter, right? It wasn't. This was not a company making money over the last seventeen. Years. Well, San Francisco City Authority has got to be slightly peeved because they gave Twitter this sweetheart deal on a building a tax deal on building uh, their headquarters in the Tenderloin. And if the cafe shut down, then Twitter employees are going to go out and have to have to go out and find food in the Tenderloin. Which it's not, um, it's not in the Tenderloin. It's 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 nearby. Oh, come on. It's, it's, on Market, Street. it's on Market Street. Well, yeah, well, so was, is so was UN Plaza, and I worked there for a year and a half. Oh, that was no fun. And that was, you know, when you see people. No, I, I can't say it. It's it's too rude, but uh, it's so not a Twitter, nice area. The Twitter cafe is part of the diss against Twitter because they did get a discount and all sorts of tax credits from San Francisco to set up their headquarters on this corner of a marginally sketchy neighborhood. How about yeah. we call it that? Yes, that's fine. And enough. the idea was that Twitter would get these tax breaks because they would help revitalize that neighborhood. But what they ended up doing was creating this on-site enclave yeah. that nobody ever wanted to leave, right, with excellent cafeteria and all sorts of foods and other perks. A roof and garden, so they. Yeah. And yeah, so they there was there were tweets. I mean, I'm sorry, there were protests outside. Do you remember? And at some mm-hmm. point, Twitter employees threw fruit out the window at the protesters, and people were like, "Great, organic fruit." <laughs> um, so it never really helped vi- uh, revitalize that neighborhood. So there's been criticism of that deal as oh, well. But that predates the current drama. That was, you know, that was the, the, the Dorsey deal. Valid. I hear you, but I will say I will never listen to someone who has their own private jet tell me what other people shouldn't have when it comes to perks. That you mean the world's can... richest man can't tell you to <laughs> suck it up? <laughs> suck it up, <laughs> back up. All right, yeah. let's talk about the Twitter files because that's the larger uh, story of the week. Oh, God. Uh, actually, I thought TechCrunch, Devin Coldway, had a very good mm-hmm. piece. Musk's Twitter. So just the background, uh, Musk has been teasing this for a week. He said, okay, 2 p.m., I'm going to release all the secret moderation files that are going to show how biased Twitter trust and safety was. And, uh, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop thing being the chief of these. Why did they make, uh, why did they take down those nude pictures of Hunter Biden? 
Uh, and then there's more, uh, you know, about people they'd banned and so forth and so on. And I think Devin actually had a fairly reasonable take. He says, uh, Musk's Twitter files offer a glimpse of the raw, complicated, and thankless task of moderation. Uh, of course, I think Elon really wants to kind of create this as some sort of scandal. Is he succeeding, Connie? Is it a scandal? It depends on who you talk to. I mean, Elon Musk has been leaking or sharing this uh, these Twitter files, which I think TechCrunchy did an excellent job breaking Thank down that the there that they thought was there, that he's claiming is there, is not there. That it shows a, com- a complicated issue and people actually being very thoughtful about how to curate content in a, yeah. in a complex time. So anybody who actually reads that will see, oh, Whatever Musk and his acolytes are saying is false, but the problem is most people won't read. They don't read <laughs> what them. is actually. They there. just read what Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, two right-wing hacks, have to say about it. So it's very biased, I think. In its, it's well, so you're laughing at me, Alex. Is that, no, I mean, is that not appropriate no, to call no, no, Matt no, no, and, I, and Barry hacks? You, you you mistake my laughter as aimed at you, Leo. Not at all. Uh, I'm just giggling because people claimed that Twitter was operating in a partisan manner to create a specific narrative. And then as they accused former Twitter of doing that, they're literally doing that again because you are <laughs> correct about Matt Taibbi and, and Barry Weiss. And I, I find it really funny that Elon says he's like a centrist and wants to advocate for Ron DeSantis and also to be able to vote Republican in the last uh, election. Um, he's not moderate. He's not center. He's even a bit right for even the American political landscape, which is uh, famously right-leaning already compared to Europe. And I, I think the Twitter files have been a, a flop in terms of driving any meaningful conversation about moderation what they have done is as Connie pointed out create a a fuster cluck of mm-hmm. of people bouncing around shouting and screaming and stamping their feet and essentially anyone who has paid attention to this has just seen people repeat their priors after it's come out so it has moved the ball zero centimeters forward and you could even say it's moved it backwards as Devin, as Devin points out with a screenshot among the uh, things released in the twitter files is uh the libs of tiktok which is a notorious mm-hmm. and, and problematic uh, um, That's the polite way of putting Twitter it. Twitter account, yes. which has caused uh, violence against uh, birth control uh, or rather abortion clinics and mm-hmm. uh, transgender uh, people, um, has the big banner, do not take action on user without consulting uh, trust and safety. They're saying don't ban this. But I mean, so it isn't the, the – I think, though, really more important story here, and I really think Devin gets a lot of credit for writing this, is what it shows you is how hard it is yeah. to do moderation at scale with 300 million daily or monthly active users. But, I mean, if we, we're all editors here. If, if a journalist had come to, come to me with this story, I'd be like, so what's your hook? What content moderation is hard? That's they blocked that's the it. Hunter Biden laptop story uh, from the uh, New York Post for a, well, uh, yeah, a whole we, twenty. I got approached for the Hunter Biden laptop story, and I said, "Fine, show me the data." It's like well, we can't show it to you, but you need to publish this in the next two weeks. Right. I'm not going to do that. Right? You know, you've got you've got to you know you've got to check these things out. You've got to understand what's going on, and it's just like, yeah, this was a completely unfounded claim at the time. As it turns out. I don't know, I you know, but at the time itself, why should you amplify something like that? Right. In fact, they, and, and what are yeah. they? 
advocating for as a replacement for this process that we saw, which was people trying to take on very complex questions at important times in a difficult moment. Their response to how to fix this is let Elon make all the choices himself. That's why uh, head of choices say say, y'all Roth resigned. Sam is now being absolutely hounded. Which is sad. Elon's really being scathing about you He's not being scathing. He's inciting violence. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Call it what it is. You know, I know he was fought. happy with you as I long know. as Yoel was supporting him in, yeah, in but tweets. I, and as soon as Yoel said, you know what, I can't, there's no need for trust and safety if one man makes all the decisions, so I'm leaving. He, it wasn't even a mean thing, but it is mean now. Look, I, I know Elon's fond, fond of pedophilia references, but I mean, he's literally set the mob on this guy. It, it's ridiculous. And that's the QAnon side of it, which is this uh, absolutely absurd notion that the, the Democrats drink the blood of children. And this whole pedophilia thing <sighs> is pure QAnon. And I, it strikes me that Elon has been red-pilled, that he has, that he has you know, been swayed onto the dark side, um, which is a real problem when you have ownership and complete control over such a big platform as Twitter. Hmm. To me, this is the hair on fire problem. The good news is most, I think by now, most people have stopped, you know, worrying about <laughs> believing anything they read. And I hope, I, I presume that news, you know, uh, news accounts no longer quote tweets as much as they, I mean, it used to be that's where they got the leads, right? Is it the same? Is Has it changed? How do you treat Twitter differently now? <sighs> oh, yeah, I mean. You, <laughs> you see that was so a much well timed sigh. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I mean, you you see so much stuff on there. You've always got to check your sources. That's that's what our job is to do is to is to check information rather than just spamming it out and you know trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator with whatever the the juiciest story is. But I don't know. I don't know how everyone else is. But I just on Twitter in the last two or three weeks. Eight spammers through the roof. I'm getting a hell of a lot of weird, weird porn in the news uh, stuff. And I'm getting tweets from people I have no interest in whatsoever. I don't know what's going on there. Like I say, last chopper out of Saigon feeling. Uh, I'm curious what Connie thinks, because if you go to Connie's Twitter profile, it notes that CNET is the world's number one consumer tech news and advice site. And I feel like this is a question that we should ask, not from our perspectives, because we're all way too online. But what is CNET saying to the the regulars about this stuff? Well, so, I mean, I've been watching this dumpster fire along with the rest of you, and there's a couple of observations. People follow the people that they want to follow and either you, they try, you trust them or you don't. Right. And so we're seeing the amplification of a lot of other weird, bizarre accounts for some backend business reason that I don't think any of us have figured out, but I also think it's because there has been a small percentage of Twitter users have kind of disengaged and are now watching the fire rather than participating and burning the books. And CNET's advice, you know, we've done a timeline of everything that's happening at CNET, I mean, at uh, Twitter, because it's just like it's minute to minute, second by second, and it can take over your life here in tech. But in most of America, they don't care. People don't care anything about what's happening at Twitter, the average person. What they care about is living their life and trying to pay their bills and being able to afford Christmas presents if they've just lost their job or what have you. And so there is a lot of uh, attention by the media and by, you know, influencers who want to 
make this a, a, an important story because it is just spectacular to watch this man who claims that he's all about free speech. And every time I hear him say that, I think of that Princess Bride line. I don't think that phrase means what you think it means. <laughs> because obviously he doesn't know what he's talking about, so he's just manipulating people and who tweets out misinformation and then Twitter itself has to correct his tweets. How many of those have we seen? So uh, I think a lot of the wait and see and the last helicopter is about can this be salvaged? What is the what is what is, is it, going to happen? Should it be or salvaged? Is it just going to implode? Should it be salvaged? Is there value to it that we want to preserve? Yes, my Twitter account. I want to preserve that. Alex, <laughs> you spent good money to get A L E X as your handle. Well, no, forget forget the sixty bucks I paid back in the day. It's, like, <laughs> it, it's the it's the fourteen years, and I mean, I have deleted. Yeah hundreds of thousands of tweets from myself and after my latest purge i'm still like 120k i can't help myself i love it it's like a service designed for me don't take it away it is. yeah it. there is and i it's an endorphin it, 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 it is an endorphin thing it, i mean it's, 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 an it's, a, it's thing. a great thing in itself but i think connie has a very good point it's what the seventh biggest social network it's yeah. very popular with journalists very popular with politicians and that's pretty much it yeah, you know, for your day-to-day. That's why it has a disproportionate. Yeah, but for your day-to-day operations, most people really don't care that much. Yeah, the um, real world doesn't. Yeah, but no. it's just yeah. Except for but a while, it did. It was- I mean, you would see the Twitter handle on the Voice, and you know, I mean, on on TV shows, and I mean, there for a while there, it really did matter. It was like this is how you showed that you were with. Oh it. no, I mean, one of my one of my tweets. I this is a shameless self-promotion but one of my tweets actually appeared on a british comedy show um because they were um someone from the new york times who was working in london got their house broken into and they're like oh this is terrible you know it's like has anyone else got an experience as a petty crime that they'd like to share (laughs) and of course being british we took the piss so i just responded yes some monster put the milk in before the tea bag i called the police but they were not interested (laughs) which which comedy show were you on oh this was oh some british um that's good i forget the cats or no 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 this was some sketch show from the blonde haired comic oh god i can't remember his name now um it's on my twitter feed as it happens but no (laughs) well i just want to add it it doesn't Twitter, what happens on Twitter doesn't matter to a lot of, you know, people outside of that bubble, except that it does matter in that the media amplifies what's happening yeah, on Twitter. That's and why you it saw that during the presidential campaign right. and you're seeing it now with or we've seen it with misinformation about covid and vaccines. So it's it's a pipeline that people then use and then. Things that should not be amplified are, are able to be amplified. Yeah. And why the former president was so distraught about being kicked off his free megaphone, because it, the reach and the PR uh, amplification of that service, you know, held him in good stead. And Trump this is used most- Twitter masterfully. You agree? He, he used it very effectively. Yeah. And I yeah. and I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be. The history books will write many compelling histories and analysis of what went wrong and what misinformation and disinformation means and what it looked like during this period of time when people believed all sorts of really crazy things that they that you still question why they believe it. Right. But you're also seeing now someone who has claimed that he wants to clean it up and he just wants truth. 
prevail actually in a very short amount of time. I mean, when did he take over Twitter in October? Swing from being trying to be this voice of reason to this. Yeah, I don't know what's you know, going disinformation on. He, he reminds me thing. in some ways of Donald Trump, a, a, a kind of an attention whore, really. Like, I don't think he I don't know if he cares about what he's saying. He just likes the attention. Oh, he's, he's post-economic in terms of personal wealth, so he can do what he likes. But I mean, <laughs> actually, the dream, man. actually, though, can he? I mean, there is some issue with this. He's got $44 billion sunk into this. Not all his money, but he has a, at least a billion dollar a year interest payment he's going to have to yeah. pay. It's hurt Tesla stock significantly. It's hurt his own. He's also, lost $100 billion in net worth in the in the year alone. Now, Anybody who's got more than a billion dollars in net worth is, as to use Bill Gates' phrase, virtually infinitely wealthy. I mean, it's yeah. hard to spend that kind of money. So the fact that he only, oh, shucks, he only has $90 billion, big deal. But it could go worse. It could continue to, to struggle. Tesla's stock could continue to go down. i got to say, I mean, if you look at the kind of people that are buying Teslas, they're not going to be happy about the way Twitter is going. Yeah. Um, it's It's not. I, I'll tell you where I'd be unhappy is that he's pulling in all these Tesla engineers who, by all rights, should be working on making full self-driving actually work to work yes. on Twitter. Um, I, in fact, there's a lawsuit on that. There's also a lawsuit on his compensation. He's paid $56 billion last year by Tesla. I mean, there's also a, a, and now a, he's got three companies to be running. I mean, there's a clear double standard on this because... You know, oh, I'm just trying to open Twitter up and make it available for all voices. Have you tried going on Parler or Gab or Reddit Truth or social. Conservative yeah. or anything like that? Yeah. And if you express anything which is outside of the prescribed line, you're Instabat. It's all tribal now. You know? So it's just like, yeah. you know, we've got this guy. Literally, if you can throw $44 billion at something like this, that's an argument maybe for higher taxation i know that's a terrible <laughs> thing to say but you know maybe people shouldn't have that much money and be that unstable yeah all i'm saying look that's all incredibly reasonable and thank you and blah 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 blah. but like let's go back to the whole thing can't spend a billillion dollars because i could because i oh, would just yeah. build my own but you're not gonna go you're not gonna be I'm in the poor a remake house. of brewster's millions with alex's billions <laughs> but <laughs> well as long I mean, as we're as long as we're slandering elon let's go through a few of the other Slanders, LA Times business section had a big story. Uh, oh, crud. Now I have to log in and pay for Oh, it. the paywall. Yeah, having to pay <sighs> journalists is a really, oh, so annoying. The headline, I can still read that. Tesla says its self-driving technology may be a failure, but it is not a fraud. Now, Alex, I, I did read the story before it locked me out so I could tell you <laughs> what it said, uh, which is that he's being sued right now because Tesla has claimed full self-driving. In fact, he's opened it up this week. He opened up full self-driving to all Tesla mm -hmm. owners. Uh, very famously, there is something called the Paint It Black video, which is still on the Tesla site, which uh, I think six years ago was put up on the site as an example of how a Tesla could drive autonomously. It says on the, on the video, there's a disclaimer saying, yeah, there's a driver for legal reasons. You have to have somebody in the seat, but he's not driving. And they show this video of the Tesla driving blindly all over town. And uh, Later, we've learned, and by the way, it's still on the site. Uh, Tesla employees have revealed that the uh, actual video was highly edited. They took out all the driving failures, including one case of the car driving into a fence uh, in order to make it look like the, the car was effectively self-driving. Elon has been saying for years, he said by 2020, Tesla owners 
will be able to let full self-driving be so good they'll be able to let other people use their car basically start a car sharing service or their own private uber and make thirty thousand dollars a year letting others use their car autonomously by 2020 uh even today i just talked to sam abul salmon who's our car guy who took a ride in a full self-driving uh, tesla uh this week he said we had to take over almost you know constantly to hmm. keep the car from doing crazy things uh it's not a full self-driving vehicle elon has claimed it is he's being sued over this and his lawyers say well it's not fraud that he charged you five to fifteen thousand dollars for the right to buy it's not fraud he was just over ambitious he was just it was <laughs> it, it was just him uh Say you know, kind of like Elizabeth Holmes saying her blood drop testing technology would work when it didn't. When it didn't. <laughs> now she was, by the way, she and Sonny Balwani are are going to jail for many many years, not for a failure of vision, but for fraud. <laughs> well, if you steal from rich people in America, then oh, yeah, there's the key. Don't steal so, from George Schultz, sir. You're going to jail. Yeah. So this, I think, I mean, look, that's their defense. Uh, Elon was just. Um, ambitious, overly ambitious, and it failed. We didn't, we couldn't do it. By the way, Elon then is stop not selling it, it as full self-driving. Yeah, Fifteen thousand. This whole argument's yeah. crap. Yeah, it's, it's I, infuriating. Sorry, Connie. They, I would also say this case is about more than just their claims. You know, there's a difference between PR and then what you will say in court, right? And mm. the claims that you make from a PR perspective, and the claims that you make from in a in the courtroom, which you are legally liable to. But what's interesting about the case is that there's this case because Tesla has forced people who have had accidents and are, have had been injured because of these self-driving claims. They're forced into, this is not going to sound sexy, but I just want to say it into arbitration. And then yeah. you, you that's don't know That's actually in the contract. You have to, that's in yeah. the contract. You cannot sue. So then we don't know a lot of what's actually happening and what claims are not uh, what what's PR and what's reality unless these cases come forward. Mm. And so that is also part of what is so interesting about this moment in time is that's another example of the company not wanting to have information come to light. And so, uh, you know, somebody who wants to be, oh, so transparent and enable, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, the, the man on the street or what's his term for, you know, the everyday person really has a very strong track record of quashing anybody trying to criticize or say anything, not just in Tesla when it comes to self-driving, but we've seen in other aspects of the various businesses because people get fired if they yeah. want to say stuff. So I also should point out that uh, in the in the four months ending in October, 11 crash deaths hmm. due to automated tech vehicles, every single one a Tesla. No, I mean, it's move, not just move fast fraud. and break things, but it's, unfortunately, it's, it's your drivers you're breaking. It's killing people. Actually, the 11th one was a Ford pickup. But, oh. uh, uh, it's, it's, it's deadly. No, I mean, if you tell somebody, you know, if you sell the whole marketing is that this is this futuristic system, which is self-driving, isn't it great? People are going to use it and take the piss. It's full self-driving is an unambiguous label. It's not, yeah. it's and, not an aspirational label. Anywhere I knew when I it. bought my Model X and it had a bioweapon defense system, it was just a HEPA filter. That was obvious, right? I didn't drive into, you know, a mustard gas attack with it. But uh, when you see full self-driving and you pay $15,000 for it 
uh, it's reasonable to assume it. Well, I can. It I can would work. Take my hands. <laughs> More than that, I can get in the back seat because it's full self-driving. Uh, anyway, that's one problem. There's another uh, case uh, going on. Uh, this time, it's federal investigation of Neuralink. Elon had his Neuralink event. Uh, oh God, I'm going to get some hate for this, but I actually support Neuralink on this one. Oh, good. Okay, Neuralink. Uh, good. I'm glad. So we won't look biased. Uh, <laughs> Neuralink is Elon's attempt to create a bio uh, interface, a human machine interface. By the way, many exist already, far more sophisticated than anything Elon has shown uh, for paraplegics and others. But he is uh, he is now under federal investigation for animal abuse. Well, let's let's. <laughs> Reuters is reporting uh, that Musk is say, said at his event that uh, Neuralink will be ready for human trials in the next six months. Yeah, but this is a Musk deadline, so I had three years. You might want to, to get that. in your self-driving vehicle and drive on over to get that. He's now being investigated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Neuralink has killed 1,500 animals during testing since 2018. And it's not merely that they've killed that many animals. Animals are killed in testing all the time, as, as horrible yes. as that is. Uh, but that maybe they were killed unnecessarily. Current and former Neuralink employees told Reuters they worked under a constant state of pressure with Musk repeatedly demanding they work faster and encouraging them to, quote, imagine they had a bomb strapped to their heads or threatening to trigger a market failure at the company if they didn't meet his goals. And this is the... This is the what a lovely this boss This is the complaint of the uh, USDA. As a result, animal testing was often rushed meaning the data sometimes contained errors in tests that had to be repeated, causing unnecessary deaths. Other times there were human errors during the surgeries to implant Neuralink chips, which employees attributed a lack of preparation. So it's not merely that they've killed 1,500 chimps, but they, that many of them were perhaps unnecessary. Defend that. Okay. Well, you don't first, like chimps. Uh, first off, they weren't chimps. They were largely macaques. Oh, pardon um, me. Okay. But I mean... I'm glad you know the difference. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Well, near ancestors. A macaque and all that, is like so. a monkey, though, right? Yeah. Look, anybody who's wearing lipstick, using shampoo, they've yeah, been responsible for the deaths of animals. Yeah, I understand. Now, if they rushed it and they've been un- unnecessarily causing harm, fine, prosecute them. But I'm sorry, animal testing is a thing, particularly for something like this, and you cannot have it. Unless you do animal testing, yeah, you, and animals are going to die on this. Yeah, before you I put mean, this in my brain, I want you to kill a couple of macaques. Well, look, I mean, NASA deliberately breaks mice's uh, limbs, sends them into space to Oof. see how they react, yeah. euthanizes them, brings them back down to see how bones will work in zero gravity, uh, will mend in zero gravity. That's something we definitely need to know if we're going to become a space day, a spacefaring civilization. I'm not reflexly against and against animal testing all i'm saying is if you're going to do it do it efficiently and where you can get software to go against it but i'm sorry for a lot of advances sooner or later some animals are going to have to die for that okay i won't argue that although unnecessary animal testing we would no, no, all no, no, agree no, i'm with a, you on that a terrible yeah. thing and frankly you can buy i all my makeup is not tested on animals because by now they know yeah this is going to hurt somebody. This is not going to hurt somebody. They don't need to risk an animal's uh, health to test that. Yeah, but I mean, you've got to test. You've got to test medicines on animals. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's not entirely effective because different animals have different reactions to to medicines than than humans do. But you do the best you can. But 
it's it's one of, it's, it's, you don't want to see how the sausage is made, but the sausage has to get made. All right. Coming from a country vegetarian. that makes black pudding. I mean, come on. <laughs> Listen. It's um, not no, even I, sausage, I, by the way. Black pudding is fantastic. I will not hear not. a word said against it. <laughs> you know what's even worse than black pudding? White pudding. Because it's, it's still just as gross. Um, <laughs> look, I, I'm going to make a distinction between mice and macaques. And uh, between lower and higher primates in terms of uh, level of intelligence. I think this does matter. And when you are dealing with increasingly intelligent creatures that are increasingly human-like in their ability to have emotions and language and so forth, um, you have to have higher standards. And so to me, uh, I think you can say all you want to say about the importance for limited animal testing as a species, sure, but given what we hear in this case and the sheer number of deaths, uh, it's it's to the point in which I actually do care. And I I, I try to keep a a lower bar than I might otherwise so I can engage in the modern world. But this seemed to be highly abusive and unnecessary. And unnecessary I think is the death key. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you, it has to be necessary. But uh, at the same time, you know, I mean, I don't know if anyone here is a vegetarian, but, you know, it's not great in a slaughterhouse either. But, you know, at no, least that's for food. I agree. Well, um, I mean, to our I'm, eternal I'm critical shame. of that too. Yeah, like, I mean, we can sit here and say factory farming is bad and the way we uh, process chickens is ridiculously evil and that Elon Musk shouldn't be killing monkeys and yeah. that, yes, yeah, some limited animal testing is fine. You can have all of those at the same time. They're not contradictory. Absolutely. Um, well said. And I'm going to just throw this in there. Really excited about brain computer interfaces. I don't want them to be brought to the market on the back of a, a unnecessary string of, of dead animals. I just want them to work. And I suppose that the ones that are being used now, uh, for instance, the, uh, for a paraplegic to be able to type with their brain or to move limbs, I suppose those probably were tested on uh, on animals before yeah, I mean, they were the, tested on humans. Or I'm, on humans. I'm kind, of, kind of iffy about that argument because we've had legitimate scientific research doing this for 10 years yeah. and, and working towards it. What I worry is Elon Musk is going to get in there and say just, oh, who cares about that? Just get it done fast. And that's like what they it looks with, like. Like they did with Tesla, you know. I'm yeah, that's like, what it looks like, yeah. Um, it's amazing how much we have to talk about Elon Musk on a day-to-day basis. I'm, uh, I'm really no. tired of the guy. I am so tired like, of it, yeah. too. Do I feel like we kind of can't just ignore it either, though, right? No, no, we're stuck. I mean, like, this is the correct that's what he wanted. rundown of articles to talk about today. <laughs> I was actually very impressed with the Twit staff who put together today's agenda. I was just bummed out that one dude is so central to it. I mean, yeah. I thought the point of capitalism was to engineer competition, not faux monarch sitting atop of a pile of wealth. Oh, but come on, this is America. You've given up on competition years <laughs> ago. Duopoly, monopoly, that's where the profit goes. So, you know... This is why I was in favor of Lena Khan taking over at the FTC. I'm let's, with you totally. I think she, up, she'd be y'all. great. Yeah, let's get some decent competition in here. Let's get a mobile let's services... Let's bring back Windows compete. Phone. So did you, uh, yeah, did yeah, that's you watch too far, Alex. the Harry and Meghan uh, show? I knew this was going to come up, and so yes, I wasted an hour of my I life did too. I watching said, the first you know what, episode Lisa and I of yesterday. And said Ian's going to be on. We have to watch this thing. It's just okay. <laughs> it's not fist bitingly bad, but it's no, just it's boring. Bad. It's, it's just it's dumb. An infomercial for you yeah. know at home with the Sussexes. But you know they're really in love. You can tell. You can tell they're in love. Certainly. <laughs> It does. They made a point of saying that many times. Many, many. In fact, yes. if I hear Harry say, I have to protect my family one more time, I swear I'm just going to just, you know. I know, you're, I know you loved the Queen, and we all loved the Queen. She, but did, isn't she it time did a lousy get, job very well. Is, 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 isn't it time just to get rid of this whole 
waste of money. Yes. And, and, and Actually, we make a profit out of the royal family. We make a significant That's profit. That's not an excuse for it. No. What I hate about you the You know who really fam- makes a profit? The royal family makes a profit. Uh, they do pretty well. Well, Charles owns Cornwall. That really helps, you know. <laughs> it's just, um, but you know, I mean, it's it feels very medieval. Oh, it is totally medieval, okay. and it props up a, a class system which is totally logically unsupportable. I mean, the very idea of choosing the head of the state, the head of the armed forces, and the head of the established church out of, out of a womb lottery is just bonkers. It, it makes no sense whatsoever logically. Um, but it's not about logic. It's no, about but I mean, heart. All, all I mean, all credit to Harry for getting out of the firm. Um, I think his mother would have been proud of him for doing that. Really? Yeah. I don't think she was proud when he did it. What? Diana? Well, she was dead. Oh, his mother. Sorry, not yeah. his grandmother. No, no, not his grandmother. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, no. Diana. But Diana. So if you're watching The Crown, <laughs> and who isn't, Diana's being portrayed as kind of a nut. Ah, uh, well, was she, she was, was she a nut? You never really know because you yeah, know, this is all all done through. I the, feel through like the it prisoner. would be a horrible life to be every time you oh, emerge. It's, it's the worst. I mean, surrounded by paparazzi. They, that's what killed her in the long run. Um, and well, there, and there's not wearing a seatbelt had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, but, but they were fleeing from the paparazzi. And look, four people were in the car. One person survived. The one person who was wearing a seatbelt. Oh. You know, it's kind of like right. it's Occam's razor. The Crown Estates make $300 million a year for the government. Yeah. And then they give 10% back to the king to run the estates. Exactly. We make a profit out of them. Plus, there's the tourism angle. And everyone <laughs> likes seeing the people in the big I admit, the big I went to Buckingham bed. Palace and watched the yeah. changing of the guard. Yes, but here's the question I have. Why are Americans so obsessed with British royalty? We literally told them to go F off back in the day and had to fight a <laughs> war to get them to go away. Yeah. And now we are keeping the entire... Here's but, the thing: but, I but, float with our but love you're, becoming, of the you're becoming like us. I thought because no! because Queen Elizabeth uh, did a bad job with such grace and charm and 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 yeah, uh, she was, was great at it. Yeah. Was and really was was had on heart. Uh, she was given a pass, but Charles is turning out to be a little bit of a, just kind of a, a, a upper class <sighs> what twit. What we expected. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say. I mean, he's the idiot son. But I mean, before Americans criticize, so I feel like the royal family isn't going to have the uh, the gravitas the, the, or, yeah. and 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 the distance that they were given, the the permission they were given, mm. thanks to the the grace of the queen. I think people are not going to give them that uh, that with the with, my, with my worry is that Charles has. Plans to try and rule rather than just be the figure no. he's supposed to be. Really? Uh, well, he's been writing letters to. I mean, the royal family has the ability to kill legislation which affects them personally. But they're not That's, supposed to ever do. Uh, no, they do it a fair bit, in fact. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like taxes on certain things and that sort of thing. They will oh, just like, yeah, we're taking that out. That's very anti democratic. Yeah, but they I mean, have the House of Lords. Like, yeah. there's, there's some work to yeah. do. Okay, but Alex, before church. you start criticizing, remember G.W. Bush? It's not, you know, when you've got the idiot son of a former leader who gets the job basically by birth, you know, it's not that different from the royal family. They just call it something different. But- so I haven't watched Harry and Meghan. I'm sorry. I was uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu. That's what I watched on Netflix. Oh, recommended. It's much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I give them credit for capitalizing on their celebrity and yeah. not having just other people capitalize on That's it. And so what are they? Yeah. 
Yes, they live in California now, right? Yeah. And I'm, what were they paid? A hundred million dollars or something? I mean, uh, I think outrageous amount of money. Yeah. Fair play to them, you know. What? Well, what's he going to do? I mean, it's yeah, like, that's right. He can't get a job. He, he's not the smartest tool in the box. <laughs> he can fly a helicopter. Uh, no, he, he acted as gunner on the helicopter. Oh, okay. He can shoot uh, out of a helicopter. Yes, he can shoot out of a helicopter. That's so not really a marketable this, skill. He could do the same job Kyle Rittenhouse can do, <laughs> basically. Whoa! Ooh, God. Did you see his tweet, by the way, yesterday? No, 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 no. Let's, yeah, okay. let's not go there. Okay, go fair there. enough. Um, look, he's... Yes, now I'm going to uh, check. Fair, fair, fair play to them, but, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and I'm glad they're out of it because it's a horrible system. Um, and for all the fresh prints of LA jokes which are, were being made in the British, the British media has gone nuts over this over the last week and a half because they're basically saying, you know, the paparazzi and the British tabloid media were racist against my wife, which they quite clearly were. Were. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Although she's the whitest black woman I've ever seen. I, you know, I don't care. It, it, it's <laughs> just some of the stuff that was coming out was... Danny Baker, a BBC Radio 5 presenter, actually, thank God, got fired because he printed out a new picture of the royal baby with a picture of a monkey. Oh, my God. You know, it's just the the, the, the blatant racism. Was <laughs> it's still there. Just... Some lady-in-waiting uh, asked... Oh, yeah. Did you see this? Oh, that was her... Her response was so... She, Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember who it, who it was. It was, it was a it black was a, member of parliament, or no, no. She she runs a a, a non profit in the she UK. She was an NGO, and uh, she was and, at a reception at the palace. Yeah, um, and one of the we don't know who, but we think uh, no, we know. she's resigned. So we she know resigned, who, yeah. so we know who said. Well, <laughs> what what is your nationality, dear? She says, I'm born. I was born in Manchester. I'm English. Mm. No, no, no. I don't mean that. You're yeah. obviously not English. Where are your people from? <laughs> her response was fantastic, though. It's like, I don't know. They didn't keep records when they brought me over here. Oh, <laughs> Burns. Wow. I, yeah. uh, times are changing, right? I mean, this kind of behavior, it's kind of anathema now. And I, the, I feel the, like the royal family kind of is protecting that somewhat, you know? Uh, Hereditary monarchy is bad. And, it's bad. Uh, yeah, it, but it's, it's good for Netflix's business making it a tech story. Good for Netflix. Will, good for the yeah, British for uh, Treasury. Although, what I'll say is, if you want to have some fun, uh, you can just watch the show Wednesday, which is lovely and delightful, and does not involve any royal figures whatsoever. And you don't have to deal with Tories on Twitter telling you that Meghan Markle is a bad person because I don't go. care what they think. And I'll just say this: I hate celebrity culture, and the yeah. monarchy is the the epitome it's of the it. worst. And Yes. It's because it's they're not even pretty or smart or talented. No. They're just there. They're up a class. They just twits. showed up. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> let's take a break now, shall we? At least celebrities are hot. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, good God. I thought that was a relatively PG comment. I mean, Connie's giving me a look. All right. I take it back. <laughs> I endorse your endorsement of Wednesday Adams. That yeah, was a fun series. That's a good show. Yeah. Lovely. I'm going to stop there. Did you see the <laughs> uh, behind the scenes of Thing? The, the character actor who yeah. had to do and he wears a green emotion. suit yeah. and then his hand and they, they so they can mat him out. Oh, good grief. And he's like a dancer. I mean, he's like, really, it's quite impressive what he's doing. So, yeah. so, and if you want more innovation, uh, Guillermo del Toro put up his version oh, of Pinocchio. Is that good? Have you seen Friday. it? It's it's not a kid's Pinocchio. A Mussolini. Well, spoiler. as you know. Pinocchio, that shoot the puppet at one point. So. Yeah, yeah. No, as you know, uh, Pinocchio was in fact uh, a fascist novel. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was it was pre-fascist, pre-fascist. Uh, 18, 1880 something. But 
the stop motion and what he's trying to do technically, the story. So did he, he tell the, the original? Very dark did he do the original style Pinocchio, not the Disney Pinocchio? Oh, it's not Disney Pinocchio. This is not kids. Do not have your kids <laughs> watch yeah. this Pinocchio unless they're older and you have a very long conversation with them about really? death and wow. fascism and loss yeah. yeah it is remarkable how many children's fairy tales have really really dark stuff if you look at the original versions rather than disneyfied versions of it you know it's like cinderella her, her sisters cut their toes off to try and get their you know their their feet into the slipper and little red riding hood is just don't read the original to the kids just <laughs> really don't um it's fairly dark now, I'm, now, <laughs> are, I, now I want to go sorry, home and watch. from the forums. Now I they are pretty grim. Yeah. Well played. The grims. Well, well played. The grim grims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a little break. We will come back with uh, lots more. Uh, I want to talk about China a little bit. TSMC uh, planning now to triple its investment in Arizona. Uh, Apple, you know, telling the Wall Street Journal, <laughs> you can't. You can't attribute this to Apple, but we're going to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And now uh, China is actually responding by scrapping its COVID uh, zero policy, which is very interesting. Well, that's all coming up yeah. in just a little bit. And then we have lots of lots of lovely little fun stories to tell you. But first, This Week in Tech is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. It's the holiday season. Have you noticed? <laughs> Santa threw up on our studio, that's for sure. Uh, many businesses hiring for festive jobs. These are actual listings from ZipRecruiter. Turkey catcher. <laughs> Bilingual Santa Claus. Okay, that I get. Coffee and nut gift basket assembler. And there is literally a listing on ZipRecruiter for reindeer wrangler. This is the beauty of ZipRecruiter. It can fill any job. Any job. What roles can't they fill? If you're hiring, ZipRecruiter is there to help you find your dream candidates. What we used to hire, we have been using for years to hire, and it really works beautifully. So the first part, of course, is that when you post on ZipRecruiter, you're not just posting to ZipRecruiter. Lots of lots of job hunters go there, but you're also posting on 100 other job boards plus social networks. You're really putting out, casting the widest net. And then the beauty of this is all of those applicants – don't go to your email or your phone. No, no, no. That would be horrific. They go into your ZipRecruiter inbox, which has all these tools for filtering, scanning. For instance, they reformat all the resumes so that it makes it easy to read. They give you uh, uh, you know, questions to, to eliminate people who are just not starters. You know, the yes, no, true, false, uh, multiple choice, even essay questions. So you can you know, strain out the candidates that don't fit. But then they do something really cool. People come to ZipRecruiter looking for work. They go through those resumes with the software and look for people whose qualifications match your requirements. That's all. Then they give you a list of those people, and you can look at them and say, oh, I like this one, I like this one, and ask them to apply. I have to say our experience has been when you invite somebody to apply to your job, it, there's something about it. I mean, they feel, you know, honored, flattered that you were interested. And so they're much more likely to show up, do the interview. It's really fantastic. All of this, in fact, our experience has been you post on ZipRecruiter. We're going to get within a a few hours, uh, at least three or four really qualified candidates. Four out of five employers, 80% report that they'll get a quality candidate within the first day. Within the first day. It really, really works. We love ZipRecruiter. 
You will, too. Let ZipRecruiter help you find qualified candidates fast. You could try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-W-I-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-W-I-T. They're fantastic. Thank you, ZipRecruiter, for your support and for helping us find such great people like Ava Viva. I always call her Ava Viva uh, and others. Thank you, uh, ZipRecruiter. So... uh, it's funny, we were talking about this uh, last week. The Wall Street Journal publishes a story saying, yeah, Apple's thinking of getting out of China. <laughs> They're moving faster to get out of China. And somebody, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Jason Sell, said, okay, this is a really good example of how Apple will go to the Wall Street Journal and say, no, you can't attribute it to us, but we think you should write a story. <laughs> we would like you to write a story. They get that kind of insight, and I think this... Somebody said this is exactly what, what happened there. Nevertheless, I think Apple's trying to send signals. Yeah, we understand it's problematic. iPhone production down 40% this month because of riots, anti-COVID zero policy riots, riots at the Foxconn iPhone factory. They call it iPhone City. 300,000 people work there building your iPhone, and uh, they're, they're unhappy. I don't blame them. For they're rioting at the moment. rioting. Yeah. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, the, the COVID policy. But two, they weren't given the bonus they were promised. Hmm. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party is going to veterans and others saying, can you go work at this factory? We need to keep the production going. The China understands this production is very important to their economy, uh, as important to their economy as it is to Apple's. Uh, there were lots of protests. And now President Xi has announced they are dropping their COVID testing, quarantine requirements, a big pivot. I, is that is victory? Going? Is that victory for the uh, Chinese protesters? I guess it is. Well, I mean, a part, of, part of, the, of the reason for the anger over this is that there was um, a fire in an apartment building where people were locked they were, in. They were welded um, into the building. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I've heard. So many wild stories coming out of China over the last year. I don't know what to believe on it, but yeah. um, <clears throat> I think, to be honest, onshoring production of chips and the rest of it—that's an absolutely essential thing. Uh, we've become far too dependent on a very few number of manufacturers, and both from a human rights, economics, and national security basis, that needs to stop. And that needs to—we need to onshore this stuff. TSMC, the Taiwan Semiconductor uh, Manufacturer. Oh, that gets me so angry. What? They're building it in Arizona, the most water-stressed state in the oh, United States. and it states. does use a lot of water, And they're I'm building sure. two huge fabs there. Yeah. Intel is building them in, in, in because they're getting tax breaks for it. But right. where's the water going to come from? Sorry. Well, we know where the money's coming from, the CHIPS Act. A lot of it's coming from the yeah. U.S. Yeah, I mean, the taxpayers. Uh, but that is good. I think it's good. It's important for uh, uh, America that we take this some of this manufacture home yeah. we're never going to take the assembly home i mean imagine mm. where would you put a, a factory with three hundred thousand workers getting paid minimum wage to assemble iphones there's nowhere in the united states you could do that so so this is a story of someone who was an apple reporter for a very long time at bloomberg and forbes of don't put all your iphones in one basket right we moved apple moved all of its manufacturing as did by the way a lot of the other consumer electronics companies mm-hmm. to yeah. asia because of the war of cheap labor and do you remember back in 2016 2017 can't remember maybe 2015 all of those suicides at these factories right. yeah they put and nets up to catch people jumping out of windows 
because the working conditions were so badly. So this is just more an evolution of the working conditions in places where you're trying to exploit cheap labor. It's coupled with the fact that we just went through the pandemic, which exposed the problems of having the supply chain mm-hmm. all outside the U.S. And companies like Apple have, and under Tim Cook, who is, by the way, the, the chief operating officer who moved a lot of their facilities right. there to maximize their profits, now recognizing that you can't have it all in one place. You know, whether or not it's in Arizona or some other state, we do need to bring some of that back. Not all of it will come back because there are many other countries where that labor can be exploited. Vietnam, Brazil, India. Advantaged or what have you, if you will. But it's about diversifying that. And right now, China, for a variety of reasons, is not a popular country for American businesses to want to do business with. And this is just another example. Apple certainly has the cash to do whatever they want in terms of where they want to set up production, where they want to set up manufacturing. How long does that take? Right. They they've invested a lot, not just in outsourcing the manufacturing there, but they've actually set up supply chains and uh, systems to make sure that they get priority building those factory lines. They they put a lot of cash overseas to set those up. And so they're not going to 100 percent detangle from that. But it is the start of diversifying, not just, I think, for Apple, but for a lot of other companies who are caught short because of you can't have everything in one place. Or And if a tsunami hits or an earthquake hits or a mm-hmm. pandemic hits, then you're out of, out of luck. Well, also, I mean, Taiwan is going to fall to China at some point. That's Really? You think yeah. that's, a, that's a given? That's no, a, that's, that's a given. It's like wow. Hong Kong. They're coming wow. for it. And there's, quite frankly, nothing anyone can Much do Much like about Hong it. Kong. Where you, you, it well, takes Hong, a while. I mean, Hong Kong, we agreed to hand it over and yeah. they promised to make sure that, you know, it stayed a democracy and we've seen how that worked. Taiwan, you know, there's nothing anyone can do. America can't defend Taiwan. They get the, you know, Do you think it's a mistake? Biden said we will defend Taiwan. you think that's a mistake? <laughs> Seriously, the first time you send a couple of aircraft carriers that way in a war situation, they're going to get sunk. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, Americans won't stand for it. Well, There's I mean, China, China's been do. preparing for this for the last yeah. twenty years, yeah. whereas we're still fighting wars from thirty years ago. Right. So, but I mean, in terms of, in terms of Apple coming back to coming back to that point, you know, Apple put a lot of pressure on T on TSMC to actually do more advanced chips at this Arizona plant because originally they were going to do you know going to do you know, high nanometer uh, processors, and now they're just saying no, we need the newer stuff over here, please. So it is, as Connie said, about supply chain. and But just Arizona. Seriously? Put it in Maine. Put it in Vermont. <laughs> put it somewhere with you know, water. <laughs> you know what we have a lot of in Rhode Island? What's that? A lot, lot of water here. A lot of yeah. water. We're like, two, we're like two-thirds underwater. So like, just put the plant here. A lot of water. But also, I mean, yeah. up north, you can use air cooling. You know, I mean, this is so. We're doing a whole series of features on the Reg about this, about you know, data center cooling methods, and building data centers in the middle of a desert makes no sense whatsoever. I, I love capitalism, but it's very clear that there are misaligned incentives built in yeah. to capitalism, and one of the misaligned incentives is make money, but but at the cost of a of a sensible. You know, long-term strategy, right? Oh, well, I mean, there's a classic <laughs> paper from Goldman Sachs last year where they pointed out that actually developing 
cures is much less profitable yeah, than yeah. developing treatments. That's right. So, you yeah. know, you should... You don't avoid, want to cure anybody. Yeah, you don't. You, you, you shouldn't focus on curing stuff. You should focus Ill. on treating yeah. it. That's sad. You know, it's it's. Apparently, madness. according to the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago, the one of the reasons uh, she ended the zero COVID policy was from a letter from Terry Gao, the founder of Foxconn, who uh, warned that strict COVID controls would threaten China's position in global supply chains. Duh. And uh, and and it's interesting the power of economics, in even in the Chinese Communist Party, right? Didn't help Jack Ma though, did it? No. Uh, let me ask Connie, the longtime twelve years Apple reporter. Uh, in those years, I'm sure many times you wrote about Apple's Titan car project, their desire to create a self-driving vehicle. Um, yes, you love that story. You can't wait to talk more about it. You know. I don't know. I mean, I think at one point I was much more bullish that they might do it. But honestly, I think, you know, Tim Cook is very smart and very pragmatic about what Apple knows and doesn't know and where they can add value. Certainly they figured out they could add value to the entertainment system. Yeah, yeah. Through, done very you well. Know, use of, yep. um, you know, building a self-driving car. You know, what What do we all know about Apple? They're never first into the marketplace, right. right? They wait for everyone else to go in, take all the risks, and they come in and do it in a more elegant, streamlined way. And so, I don't know. It's expensive. They, it's, they certainly have the cash if they want to do it. They have more cash than most countries on the planet. But They're I, I planning, though. They have to plan. They have to, and Tim knows this, they have to plan for uh, the next big thing, right? That the iPhone isn't going to carry them forever. They have to so this out. is where the augmented reality and right. a VR headset, that mm-hmm. seems right. more likely. I'm wondering. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I'm wondering I, at this point. It's certainly uh, not, not looking that good for Metaverse. Um, well, I, coming back to our original point, I will say point blank, there will never be an Apple car in the way that it's... Uh, Apple, there is according to Mark Gurman, the car project has been in limbo no, for the past gonna... several months as Apple executives grappled with the reality. Yeah. That its vision for a fully autonomous vehicle without a steering wheel or pedals is not feasible with current technology. They don't want to go down the. Well, it's current technology and also Tesla current regulation. Yeah. I mean, you can't put these stuff on the streets without a bunch so of. So they're dumping the autonomy. It'll never happen. Uh, according to German, uh, they're now planning a less ambitious design that will include a steering wheel and pedals. Only one, but still pedals. And on- no, they'll have multiple. And only support full autonomous capabilities on highways. That's what. Right now, many that which Ford and, right and now, GM yeah. are doing, uh, and they won't get there until twenty twenty six. They're either going to sell now. the division off, or they're going to shut it down. Yeah. That, that's the way. And, and sell it to who? And they're yeah. well. This is it. Very few people buying at the moment. Right. Maybe the software yeah. might sell, but that's about it. I can, think I, can this, I just say how, how let down I am by this entire autonomy situation? If you go back a couple of years. Basically, anything in LIDAR autonomy was raising just oodles of venture capital, highest paid engineers out there, talent war. Everyone was doing the self-driving project. I had such hope that I was not going to have to relearn how to drive. And now everyone has let me down and my stupid butt has to relearn how to drive a car. And we have an automatic now. I don't know how to drive automatics. There's only two freaking pedals. Where do you shift? It's terrifying. So anyways, Apple, Apple, listen, move the iPhone production to some other countries. Take all the money, put it in self-driving cars because I need one. Please, Lord. What about me? I'm I'm getting old. Uh, 
I don't want to. I don't want to have to drive. I don't want to. The worst thing is having Lisa drive and me sitting in the in the passenger seat. You see, I've driven Why? with you, and you're a very careful driver. I'm a very careful driver. Driving with Lisa might be slightly. <laughs> um, you might find my fingerprints in the armrest. I'd rather have Tess. I'd rather have Elon drive. No, I get the feeling she's got. Foot, she's a foot to the floor. Very she's good. Very good driver, driver but she's very foot good. to the floor. Never had an accident. Very good. Yep. She yeah. yeah. She scares me. Uh, Apple, uh, apparently, according to the National Labor Relations Board, pursued illegal anti-union tactics. Uh, The company either settles or they're going to issue a complaint. Uh, The union itself is upset. CWA, the Communications Workers of America, says Apple thinks the rules don't apply to them. The NLRB concluded that in the Atlanta region, anyway, Apple held mandatory anti-union meetings during which management made coercive statements. Uh, in other words, the investigation's over, and they're saying, "Pay up, or we sue." Apple did not have a uh, a response. Shockingly, it's, yeah, it's interesting yeah. because in Maryland, where uh, the uh, or I'm sorry, St. Louis, where the uh, union workers wanted to join the aerospace union. <laughs> The yeah. IAM, uh, they they withdrew the petition. Uh, the IAM, the union said because it was because of the company. The the workers said, "Yeah, we we actually nobody wanted it." <laughs> uh, Any, it's an interesting uh, situation. Apple has clearly ad, uh, adopted some of the strong arm tactics uh, that were you know better known. In the day of Henry Ford. Oh no! I mean, okay, they're not hiring. They didn't Pink- bring in the Pinkertons. They, they, I was going to say they're not hiring Pinkertons to break yeah. heads or bring the army in to shoot up the miners, uh, as they used to in the nineteen twenties. But you know, it's they're a big it, company. Sorry, if you if they you, can, if they you treat your staff, relax. if you treat your staff, look, I was a member of a union for many years, uh, simply because it gave me certain. You know, you get a press card in the UK and you get full legal cover, which is great. But for people like factory workers, for re- Apple retail staff, for that sort of thing, the only way you're going to get management to listen to you, if if that only, if the only choice you action. have, oh no, if the only choice you have is to go through all the hassle and heartbreak of joining, of forming and joining a union, it's a sign of bad management. Yeah, you know, if if you're not treating a staff, if you're treating a staff so badly right. that they want to form a union, you've really mucked up. Also, if you don't want to have unions, don't hire tons of people that work in a retail store, for example, or if you're Amazon, warehouses. I yeah. mean, like, d- 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 these people expect that their policies that work with technology workers will work with ah, that's interesting. other sorts of jobs, and yeah. it's not the case. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I've always found the argument that tech workers shouldn't unionize because they're well compensated to be specious because I, it's ridiculous and stupid and overly corporately uh, subservient. But, you know, yeah. come on, these are retail workers. Let them unionize. And every time that that a company that has hundreds of billions of dollars says that no, you can't, and then breaks the rules in these ways, it it it, it strikes me that the the core of the company's soul must be really rotten. And it's I just did, sad. I did see an interesting article uh, some weeks ago. I can't remember where that said tech. Some tech uh, CEOs were rooting for Elon because he was taking the uh, entitled engineers down a peg. Mm. But that that this is one of the big problems in companies like Apple and Google with the with the engineers is they have so much power because 
They're so important and so scarce because they do the work. You know, <laughs> there you go. You can have there it is. Any number, any number. You can have any number of managers and HR people and uh, and the rest of it. But when it comes down to it, if you're doing the work which makes all that money, and you should get a fair share of it. That's why we it's have pizza ovens size. and espresso machines. <laughs> hey, listen, you can take your pizza oven and shut... Okay, look, <laughs> give people a decent hey. wage and some dignity at work. That's all they're looking for. I guess they probably do the pizza ovens hoping that they could pay them less, but at least you get free pizza. Well, no, but I mean, There's it, a certain group of people that would actually be a good deal. No, I had a friend who joined Google and they're like, oh, I'm taking the Google bus down to work. And you're yeah. like, oh, that's great. It saves yeah. you commute. It's like, yeah, but you're expected to work when you're on the bus. Oh, so now no, I've got an extra no two hours of work on my day. At least Google didn't put bedrooms in the conference rooms. Oh. <laughs> I, can I can I can I make a, a point here? I think, yes. I think it's ironic that a lot of these people that we're talking about that are that are praising Elon are anti-remote work because they think people will do yes. more work in the which office, which he is as well. Right. I, I, which is so strange to me because when I I work from home because I work in you know Providence, which is not a not a tech or journalism city, and I eat at my desk. Every day. And when I worked in an office, I had friends who mm. were around and we would go places and eat and sit. But and that's you. Work. You like having friends. Oh, but you, you're saying you weren't getting work done. You were, it yeah. was less. Yeah. yeah. Because there's that guy who comes around to the cubicle and oh. says, how you doing? And yes. you're trying to work and he's bothering you. And then there's the meeting that the middle manager has to do to prove his ex- worth in existence yeah. that takes an hour out of your life. You'll never get back. You're right. Go home. Work at home. I agree with you. I happened yeah, to, I, the whole quarantine, I worked here. But, uh, so I kind of like coming into work. But not everybody does. And for those who don't, you shouldn't have to. This is it. Connie, have you been working from home over the pandemic? or? I, I have. I mean, I ran uh, the CNET editorial team with in my pajamas for my dining room table for the first two years. <laughs> we are now back in the office two days a week for most staff. But we still have a lot of flexibility because... Once you run your business remotely, you can show that you can run your business remotely. So then the argument is, why do you need to do it in person? Well, I will say there are definitely some advantages to having people together. Mm -hmm. You like brainstorming and there's camaraderie and conversations might happen. But on there's nothing, there's no reason anything has to be an either or, black or white. They don't have to all work in person. Otherwise, I don't think you're doing your job, right? Hybrid is the future. Yeah. Forever going you forward. Know, factory workers have to touch things. Right. Unfortunately, they have to be in the factory. I yeah. get that. Or you work at a coffee shop where you're pulling coffee out, right. unless there's a remote or there's a coffee machine in the cafeteria that, by the way, you are fully trained on how to use because those things are not two seconds to use. Great respect to baristas. It takes some skill to know how to use those coffee machines. So it's about flexibility. But I think to the larger point, it's about treating people as people and what what do you need in order to be successful as a company today and if it's only profit because the five founders or two founders or one founder wants to be a billionaire well how many billions do you need yeah, right and so it goes 10, back to 12 but it goes back to that <laughs> i'd to take that. one what is i'd the be purpose? happy with one one billion what That's is the purpose of capitalism right what is if you're not paying people Right. Henry Ford, make the cars affordable because the people making them in the factories won't ever be able to buy one. Right. Yeah, and he paid his you staff know, well as well, as long as they were white. Right. <laughs> right. 
So I, I just, you know, the I love that Hershey story, by the way. Cycle. That's a great story. I have to watch that Go show. Go look it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the same thing happened in the UK. We have Bourneville chocolate. Uh, they built an entire company town and they didn't include any pubs with it because he was a Quaker and didn't believe in it. But that kind of stuff used to go on and it's still going on. Google is building a campus with housing down in South San, San Francisco at the moment. But you there's know, no chocolate. No chocolate. No, no. <laughs> Although, oh God, there is booze. There's lots of booze. Well, we used to, on the ranch, we used to prefer... Cucumber we, water. What is it about What is it about chocolate magnets? Those are the nice people. The people who make chocolate are well, very nice. <laughs> well, not Nestle. Oh, well, yeah, no, true. They're Swiss, so that's another story entirely. Hey, there is, I want to give Apple props, because there is a, an Apple story that is, a, I think, a bigger story than... Uh, it, 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 and it's been getting coverage for it deserves it. Apple is turning on end-to-end encryption for more things, including iCloud backups, and that is huge. They're going to turn on end-to-end encryption for notes, for iCloud Drive, for photos, reminders, Safari bookmarks, Siri shortcuts, voice memos, and wallet passes. Uh, in fact, the only major categories not covered by this advanced data protection are iCloud Mail, Contacts, and Calendar, and that's just because they have to interoperate with other calendar systems. This is huge, and you know the FBI is not happy. Well, apparently, I mean, I was, I was uh, reading, I think it was Matt, uh, was it Matt Green was talking about this? They've had this capability since about 2016. Yeah, apparently the FBI told them not to turn it on. Yeah. Well, you remember the San Bernardino shooting where they went head-to-head with the FBI. Right. Apple's response, by the way, when the FBI called and said, we have this phone, we can't unlock it, you have to help us, was all you have to do is bring the phone back to his apartment where it will get on the Wi-Fi, upload to the iCloud, and we'll give you everything. Hmm. Because Apple, for years, has had the keys to iCloud and been willing to give law enforcement, had to give law enforcement anything they wanted. And that was always their, their out. Uh my understanding is they screwed the pooch on that because they tried to open it with various different passwords. Yeah, the FBI screwed it. up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's been a long-standing thing. So it's very interesting for me to hear that Apple is is going gonna, is gonna to go up against the FBI, the UK government as well, the Australian government as well, mm-hmm. and make it so that when a lawful subpoena comes from these law enforcement agencies, Apple can say, hey, we'd love to give it to you. We can't. It's encrypted and we don't hold the keys. That, I can understand why Apple might want that, but they're going to – good good on them, by the way. We, sh- as users, should all want that. Uh, that's real privacy. I guess they decided yeah. that it was better to make the users happy than the FBI. They're going to get some heat. And what are they going to do in China? Because China is not going to like this. Well, they're not going to have this function the same way in China, I presume. Um, but I will say points to Apple here. Nope, I agree. Ro- this is, by the way, great. according to the Wall Street Journal, rolls out in China in early 2023. Whoa! I That's hope they brave. move the I, I production by 2023. I That's think the brave. Chinese government would be saying, "Nice factories you've got there." It would be a shame if something happened to them. Because I mean, Apple's big thing is, yeah, we keep your data secure, we keep your data private. Asterisk offer does not apply in China. Well, but look what uh, so look what happened. When Foxconn's founder wrote to President Xi and, and said, "You know what? This thing is going to cost you." She backed down on COVID zero. That's a big deal. I think China probably, I mean, Apple's kind of thinking to himself, maybe this is the time to say, look, you want to keep those factories in, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, Zhengzhou, you want to keep iPhone City going, this is our demand. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens 
uh, here. They also dropped, and this is also good news, their plans to do on-phone scanning for CSAM, child sexual abuse imagery. Remember when they announced that, there was an uproar, a furor over that, saying, look, no one's in favor of child sexual abuse imagery, but uh, you can't. there's no way to do this that doesn't compromise everybody's privacy as a side effect. So uh, that's that's fantastic news. Apple also announced support now for the passkeys system. Um, uh, good for Apple. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is why I have. I mean, like Apple's stance on on generally privacy is better than most because they are not an ad first business. Um, that's changing. I think as we've seen Apple evolve as a company. Uh, but you know, if you want to have a slightly more secure device, it just seems to be reasonable to be on iOS, which is why I, I'm an iPhone user and have been forever. So points, but that doesn't take away the other stuff we've talked about, but yeah, I'll give him some points here. Connie, Not do you ten. think Tim Cook finally said, all right, uh, we're going to actually live up to our promise of what, what is, what, what's on the iPhone stays on the iPhone. I think Apple has tried to carve out a place for itself in the marketplace as being very privacy forward. And being privacy, but some have said, and, is, and sometimes it seems that it's a marketing strategy rather than a real, real. Yeah, but I, I think that they have tried. I mean, this is an example of them pushing the buckets. Yeah. I think your theory about how they they are using it to coerce the Chinese government is interesting. As that comes out, well, you know, that's the story I'll read and, and see how it plays. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think them it's going brave. up against the FBI. When, in that San Bernardino case was also a, an example of them saying this is slippery slope, and we need to. We need to stop before we go too far down that slope. They've had this capability for years. They didn't do it for years. Um, why now? What do you think? Because the heat's died down after the mm-hmm. San Bernardino thing? I think, here's what I think. Apple was starting to get a lot of heat over the last six months over I, over the ads that they were starting to put in there yeah. and, and evidence that uh, Apple was, in fact, sending lots of information back to the home office and so forth. It was starting to look like that it was this privacy thing was merely a marketing push. They weren't living up to it. And I think they realized that that's going to hurt them in the long run. Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of heat over the over other things like the App Store. This was their chance to become a white knight and to and to stand up for it. Because this is exactly what people like Matthew Green say: you got to do end-to-end encryption. You yeah. don't hold the keys; we hold the keys. Uh, I think they also, by the way, are probably making the calculus that most users will not turn on advanced data protection; that they would still, in many cases, be able to turn that information over to law enforcement. Because it is a separate—I think it's going to be a separate setting—and you will sacrifice some capabilities because if it's end-to-end encrypted, there's things Apple can't do. Because they can't see into your files. What do you think, Connie? Why now? Why now? I think you you said it right. They're, they've been getting pressure from a lot of different areas. The, they needed the to. App Store was yeah. yeah is not going away, right? They yeah. got a you know they had a black eye over Epic. Yep. People have been talking about that still. Yep. They have been talking about privacy and touting privacy, and at some point you have to. This is what you say. Now show us what you do. So I, I give them points on this one. I think timing, look, most of us keep our phones now for longer than we ever have, right? And do you want, and it's come down to just a very few players in the marketplace, Microsoft phone aside. And so uh, they need a reason to get people to want to lock into their ecosystem and be on that path to either upgrade every year or every other year. 
and have a, a reason to want to come back. And if privacy and we, we add privacy things is part of their sales pitch, why not? The, the market is not, everybody on the planet pretty much has a phone. So in the U.S., the, the sales of smartphones, you know, continue to decline because people are just stretching how much longer they have their phones as Alex is showing us. And so um, it's part of a story to try to make it more compelling to pick this platform over another. Because you're not just picking the iPhone, right? As we've all said, you're picking their ecosystem yep. and all the services and everything that go in with it. Good for them. I hope I'm not being too cynical and saying, well, oh, they just said this is you know good PR, that they really are committed to this. And I'm glad they did it, even though it took them years. I'm glad they did it. So I, I, hope, I hope they are as well. But yeah, um, yeah we're going to have to see on that. And turn, off, turn on advanced data protection when it becomes available on your iPhone next year. Let's take a little break. Final words, final thoughts coming up. Some of the best stories of the uh, show are always at the end. I should mm-hmm. I should mention the fun ones. Like, for instance, the word of the year from Oxford English Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Stay here. Our show today brought to you by Wealthfront. Wealthfront's goal is to make building long-term wealth easy. And they do it in two ways now. Uh, we've always talked about the automated investing accounts. Now they also have high-yield savings. And all of it inside this beautifully designed interface. I just love the Wealthfront app. Is your bank keeping money that could be yours? If you're earning less than Wealthfront's, wow, get this, 3.30% APY, I think they uh, might be taking a little bit more. Federal interest rates have been going up, right? Banks have been earning more on your savings. But are they giving that money back to you? According to the FDIC, the average U.S. bank has only raised the rates they pay to you to 0.21% this year. 0.21% this year. Wealthfront's actually offering their clients a rate that's almost 15 times higher with a Wealthfront cash account. It's easy to sign up, plus you'll get unlimited transfers that are completely fee-free and up to $2 million in FDIC insurance through partner banks. There are no account fees, no minimum balance. If you sign up at wealthfront.com slash twit right now, they're going to give you a free $50 bonus with an initial deposit of 500 bucks. That's nice. So just one more reason to love Wealthfront. Don't let your bank keep the interest you could be earning. Move your savings to a high-yield account like Wealthfront and earn 3.3% APY. That's pretty amazing. Join nearly half a million people who already use Wealthfront to earn 15 times more than the average U.S. Bank. Go to Wealthfront.com slash twit to get started and get your free $50 bonus with an initial deposit of $500. Wealthfront.com slash twit. Wealthfront.com slash twit has been a paid endorsement for Wealthfront. And we thank you, Wealthfront, for your support here at twit. And all of you who use that address are supporting us, too. So thank you. What a week. This week was we have a lovely handcrafted video for you describing all that you might have missed. I this is a cozy little sweater. I bet it's got a happy holidays with a clippy and an okay button. It's right over my left breast. So girls, stay away. Don't don't be tempted there. Previously on Twitter, all about Android. <laughs> Tell me if you've heard this before. iMessage. On Android. (laughs) Well, there's a company called Sunbird. They claim 
setup of iMessage and Sunbird only requires one, an Android phone, and two, 60 seconds of your time. Tech News Weekly. I thought it would be great to sit down with ChatGPT and have a little conversation. Can you write a pun-filled rhyming poem? Large language models are quite the feat with their ability to process and tweet. They've been trained on lots of data and can help you with any task or drama. Security Now. The Verge's coverage of Anchor's Eufy IoT cameras did not pull any punches. Our super smart AI, apparently much better than their super dumb crypto, it analyzes your recorded footage without the need to risk your privacy by sending it to the cloud. Okay, like all of this is untrue. Stunningly. Wow. In a TNO, trust no one world, they, the simple though impractical truth is unless you designed it yourself, you don't know what it does. Twit, making the world safe for technology. What a fun week that was. Lots more still to come. It's, an, it's going to be a great week. A reminder, the way we're handling the holidays, as usual, means that, because this year, Christmas and New Year's Day are both on Sundays. So how we're going to do this is uh, Christmas, we'll have our holiday episode, which is going to feature uh, the old timers, Jeff Jarvis, Paul Thorat, Steve Gibson, and Doc Searles. And me, we'll do a little fun kind of roundtable looking back at the year uh, 2022. And then January 1st will be our best of episode. The week of January 27th for every other show will be our best of episode. So we can give the staff uh, uh, the last week of the year off. So best of episodes coming January 27th. Uh, the Twit Holiday Special January 20th. I'm sorry, December 25th. Did I say January? It's December for uh, both the uh, best ofs and the holiday special. Very excited about that. Uh, let's see. NASA awards a $57 million contract to build roads on the moon. The future <laughs> is now. I'm very excited. This is a company, you might have seen uh, videos, TikToks of them, Icon. It's an advanced construction technology. They do 3D, concrete 3D printed homes. Have you seen that extrusion machine that... Yeah, no, no, it's 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 the wave of the future, and also Orion space capsule landed back. Uh, yes, on Earth Orion's today. home. Yep. Um, after replicating a mission that America first cancelled, carried out fifty-four years ago. Yeah, but just to show we can do it again. Yeah, yeah. we're older, <laughs> we're wiser. Uh, no, I, Orion was very fun and very exciting. Did mm. you see? I have to show. But you I mean, the, the moon thing is is just we're going to yeah. have to build there because you can't transport stuff there. You've got to build with the, the rock you've got. So they're using regolith, lunar regolith, uh, to make this concrete. They'll use it for roads, habitats. They'll build. They'll extrude the habitats with conduits already for wiring and piping. I think. I mean, this is just fifty-seven million. Is just to test it, right? Mm. But uh, I think a really a cool idea. So you were talking about Orion. And Rod Pyle sent me a great, uh, he was watching the Lockheed Martin video. Remember with Orion, uh, you could say, oh, don't show it yet. Don't show it yet. Let me explain it first. You could send a message that would be displayed on the iPad in the Orion capsule. This was a, a joint venture with Lockheed Martin and Amazon Echo Division and uh, WebEx. And so they would have to approve it, obviously. Mm. You couldn't send, you know, 
uh, spam up there or anything like that. They'd have to approve it. But obviously somebody at Lockheed Martin has a sense of humor because they did accept this message uh, at 264,883 miles away from the Earth. Now you can show it, Benito. Uh, we've been trying to reach you about your spacecraft's extended warranty <laughs> sent oh. by Blocked. I thought it was going to be hot singles in your area with <laughs> no, no, zero they, temperature they did, outside. They did block <laughs> all of those, but uh, they I think they they must have realized this is uh, this is actually pretty funny. So nice uh, nice job, somebody. I probably anybody who submitted that would have thought there's no way this is getting through. It did, it did. Well done. Uh, let's see what else in just the you know the the bottom of the barrel on these stories. San Francisco, it's we're happy to report has decided not. Uh, to uh, authorize explosive killer robots. Yes, yes, indeed. It's, Thank uh, they, goodness. They, one could say they've terminated the plan, indeed. Last week we oh. reported that... <laughs> I heard Grown that groan. <laughs> okay, citizen, back to your homes. Uh, they uh, last week had approved the idea of using... The, they got This is military technology, so it has to have the approval of the supervisors, that the San Francisco Police Department could use these... 17 bomb disposal robots mm. uh, and could it could empower them with lethal force if there were no other way around But not it. guns, only explosives. That was the wild thing, <laughs> just like a bomb. So it could just go in there and blow the bad guy but, up. But, I mean, that's been done already. Dallas in 2016, they killed a... There was a, a guy who shot, what is it, five or six police officers. They got him cornered into a building. Just they basically grabbed some explosives, put it on the front of a police robot... Drove it up to him and blew him up. Yeah, actually, honestly, I don't think it's such a bad idea. I think about Ovaldi. The police weren't willing to go in and save those kids. Send a bomb. Oh, no, I guess you couldn't send a bomb. No, no you can't send a bomb into <laughs> a school. That's a bomb. No. And, and there, ladies and gentlemen, is my beef with this idea because we'll get a little ambitious with it. Also, can I just ask, what did they think people were going to say? Oh, yeah, that sounds a great idea. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Give, let's give the SFPD... Robot bombs. <laughs> this is it. In, in a few very, very tiny circumstances, this makes sense, which would happen maybe once every five or ten years. The problem, I think people but are rightly afraid, yeah, afraid of abuse by an, an over-eager <laughs> police department. What could go wrong? What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? What could go wrong? Terminate exactly. the also, killer robots. Did you know, everybody, that we have a military here in the United States that has bombs and things to blow things up? We don't need to give the cops robot bombs. We have a military. Yeah, they can just bombs they can call the Army. Have the Army do yeah. it. Yeah. Or the Navy, Marines, right. Air Force, right. Air National Guard, Sea Patrol, whatever. Another story from the Register. It's the end of an era. Oh. You ever flown a 747? The last 747 rolls off the production line. And I like... Brandon, I don't know if Brandon wrote this or you did, Ian. Boeing, Boeing, gone. Actually, that was Chris, my editor. I, nice uh, job. On yeah, that, they, he's, yeah, he's the class on it. It, it really did feel, because I mean, I've flown 747s ever since I've been flying. Love them. You know, it's... Um, That's uh, the one that had the piano lounge upstairs. In the oh, yeah. Very first versions. Uh, remember though, they had ads that they'd have people standing around at a bar and playing piano and singing on the airplane. Oh, if you look at the you know, 1970s and 60s and 70s stuff, they were just like, yeah, they've got a bar, they've got a piano. Now it's just more seats, more money. More well, money. I don't know. Virgin still has a bar on their, some Do of they? their 747s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like sitting upstairs on a trip on a 747. It's kind of oh, a, no, it's a seats- smaller little. Yeah. But the, the, the luggage racks are much smaller. Ah, um, okay. 
Sorry, I, I, I was an aviation journalist for a year. Spent a lot so. of time in the 747. <laughs> yeah. It's the 1,574th uh, plane, be the last one assembled. Uh, they will still likely stay in service for at least another decade or two. These planes oh, couple don't wear things, out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the final craft is a 747-8 freighter, which will be delivered to the cargo uh, company Atlas Air in early 2023. Yeah, it's end of the line. Now we have triple sevens, which are reasonable. Triple sevens are good. I mean, I flew the A three eighty the last time I came back. Love the A three eighty. Isn't that too big though? I mean, most airports can't even handle it. Yeah, this is it. It's kind. It's kind of like Concorde. It's limited to certain routes. Um, uh, We flew an A three eighty out of San Francisco, and half the plane boards upstairs and half downstairs. It's the the boarding is on two different levels of the airport because it's such a big. It's crazy. Well, some of the luxury ones are God. Virgin Airways did this horrible advertising campaign when they got the A380 because they put double bed cabins uh, in the upper deck <laughs> and a casino. Uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, but <laughs> Richard Branson's cheeky, smoky comment to the news was, now you can get lucky twice on a Virgin Oh, And it was just like, oh, for goodness oh, sake, geez. man, have some self-respect. Here's That's the, the last thing that should happen on an airplane with other people. Here's the Emirates First Class Shower Spa on an A380, just for you. Honestly, I'm going to see. That's depressing. Yeah. It's depressing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see. I think it's Sarah Millican um, said this, so we we're going to see her later in the year, and she's just like, people talk about the Mile High Club as though it's you know something it's not, exotic. Not, and it. No, you you've no. just had sex in a chemical toilet. Yeah, you don't really. It's not, <laughs> it's not glamorous. It's highly <laughs> overrated. And I'm not speaking as somebody who's oh, had God, an experience that, of it. Right? <laughs> I haven't. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Uh, final story. Uh, the Oxford Word of the Year. Uh, I actually was voting for Metaverse, which is not yet in the Oxford English Dictionary. I thought that's a shoo-in. But it uh, no, the public vote, 93% voted for something I had never heard of, goblin mode. I, if, I've never heard of that. What is that? Well, I mean, can, uh, Leo, do you have the story pulled up? Because the, the actual definition is better than I can do myself. Yes, but I this want is to from The Atlantic. Uh, Oxford defines goblin mode as a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly or greedy typically in a way that rejects norms or expectations yes so goblin mode is for example when you take your roommate's food and you sit on the couch and sconce in blankets all day and refuse to like wash your socks because you're going <laughs> goblin mode and it's it's what we all retreated to in the early covid days before we realized this was going to be a multi-year um, incarceration in our domiciles and I, I think it's actually uh kind of the, the extreme version of self-care because it's a little bit selfish and a little bit greedy and uh, i adore it and uh, this is what weekends <laughs> are for and um i i go goblin mode as often as i can it's it's fantastic i can recommend it do it this is what the atlantic wrote the ability to go goblin mode was a necessary evolution forged in trauma but it now remains with us as a superpower as we emerge from our caves after that long hibernation, our goblin selves lurk somewhere deep inside us, beckoning us back home to vibe out. <laughs> yeah, My, mine's not that hidden. Mine's kind of right, right at surface level. Um, whenever people are like put on pants, I'm like, I don't know, man. I haven't worn hard pants in a long time. You know, I, you know, I, I was wrong. Uh, you know, Denise Howell. <laughs> 
said uh, on our uh, Mastodon, put the three words. One was metaverse. One was goblin mode. I can't remember what the third one was. And uh, and I said, oh, metaverse is just an. I don't understand. I don't even know what goblin. I've never. And I everybody shouted me down and said, what? Everybody knows goblin mode. Actually, I've uh, maybe I'm I'm weird about this, but I, I, the other one, by the way, was hashtag. This one is definitely not a starter, a non non starter. Hashtag I stand with. No, what? That's not a word of the year. No, no. Metaverse is a word of the year. I don't like it, but it's a word of the year. It's a word that's going to be used again and again over the next decade. How often are we going to use goblin mode? I don't know. Well, we just done a whole segment about it, so several times apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's only a matter I mean, of time before there's an, a goblin mode emoji now, right? I, I, I think that the idea of investing a little bit more in what makes you happy versus going out in the world and doing performative things for the sake of being part of norms is is the underlying tension that makes goblin mode interesting to me. And I think, I think as I try to relearn how to be social and so forth, I think I'm just a fundamentally different person and I'm a bit more goblin mode esque than I was pre COVID. I think this is so great that you're saying this because you're just about to have a goblin who's going to take all your (laughs) goblin mode. So true. So true. No more goblin mode for you. Oh. I'm trying to I'm trying to do as much self indulgent crap oh, as I can. Like, my like God. Liza and I went to the library today. We read books by the fire. Like we're oh, trying no, to do all no. this pleasant stuff because we know, like, in you, some number of hours, you will be like, serving an infant yeah. goblin I for the next I, eighteen to thirty years. I, 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 I don't know if you found this, Alex, but you know your your friends with kids have for years have been telling you, oh, it's so fulfilling, it's the most wonderful thing they you can lie. ever do. And then when you announce the pregnancy, like, you're never going to sleep again. <laughs> this, this was the most ridiculous thing because everyone was like, oh my gosh, you guys are going to be such lovely parents. We're so excited, you know? And then the moment we actually, we had a fertility journey. And the moment when we were finally pregnant, they were like, hey, welcome to hell, kid. And I no, was like, I feel no. vaguely tricked by no, this. No, no, no. It's wonderful. You are going to love it. You're going to love that baby more than you loved anything ever in your life. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward great. to it. But I, I will say, when I come back on Twitter the next time, um, let's go for like seven hours. Because it's going to be after I'm like done with uh, parental leave. And I'm going yeah, to want to It will be hide. a while from now. Yeah. You didn't, you're not <laughs> going to. I know. I've seen this happen. Devendra Hardawar. I've seen it happen again and again to our hosts. You love are, Devendra. You are on for the last time for some time. That's a, you know what I'm ready though I'm ready for the next stage of life this is going to be fun so we're going to have You're a couple gonna, kids and and you know what they were right you two are going to be fantastic parents I'm very very happy for both of you you should see all the cute hats we own for this baby <laughs> she's going to be the most fat like, people send us so many onesies we have like math Aww. onesies from our math friends like it's going to be we're so excited um oh, that's but, great. but not yet. Not yet. A couple days. I, I wish Microsoft still did these because I'd sell, sell you one, but I, I got one for a friend of mine. I was up at uh, Red, the Redmond campus for, what, the 2008 server launch. And in the Microsoft shop, they had baby onesies with Aww. Clippy on the front with, it looks like you're having a baby. Can I help with that? <laughs> oh, God. And I wish <laughs> so they still did that. Let me tell them. you the wisdom you of my experience. <laughs> Joke onesies are not a good idea. Okay? Oh, really? Just, yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> oh, okay. What's the problem? Uh, just... You wear it once and then, you know. Uh, okay. The joke wears thin. <laughs> the joke wears thin. That's actually I mean, we, a pretty good one. That's pretty fun. We, we have a lot of joke onesies. Um, <laughs> the problem is we have so much clothes for like zero to three months, three to six, six to nine. And then after that, like 
clothes aren't as cute, so people don't buy them for you yeah. for your showers. Well, you and stuff. just get to know people with older kids. You'll be on the hand me down train. That is a we, very real thing. Hand me downs are a lifesaver. Yeah, my, my friends uh, in town had one kid and stopped and because they, they just wanted to have one. And so they gave us a bunch of their stuff. So my Good. baby Bjorn Good. that we have is from oh, them and we have a little so little mini for bathtub for her. And so, yeah, we, we've been hitting that up. But like I, I just I, I, I'm curious to see how hard this is because my <laughs> wife's a doctor. We have family nearby. We are super prepped. You're going to be in great shape. And Connie, and, we can pull it Connie may not know this. But this baby's nursery is in my mom's former weaving room. Yeah. Oh, that's great. They live in my childhood house where I grew up. Total coincidence. Uh, So I know very well. I I went this summer. I visited. I saw where the nursery is going to be. It's it's thrilled. I asked my mom. Did I tell you this, Alex? I asked my mom. I said, did you know there was a stair up into the attic from your weaving room? She said, no, there wasn't. I said, yes, there was. <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is. I saw it. She said, no, no, no. I said, yeah. That's where she put all her wool, so she probably never saw the stairs. I'm that still- is now a repository for all the really beautiful dresses we have for oh. Ada. Like, all of Liza's childhood um, oh. uh, baby clothes her mom saved. And so we have, like, this amazing retinue of attire for this child. Everything from like heavy metal onesies to, like, frilly dresses. Oh, this so kid's going to have everything. It's going to be great. I lived in that house from the age of about... Oh, I'd say six or seven to the age of 14. I'm still slightly freaked out by the concept of a weaving room, to be honest. Well, she was a weaver. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Which meant I wore a lot of scratchy wool ponchos. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex. All the best to you and Liza. Have a w- I'm glad you made it through the show without an emergency. Uh, go take good care of her. Her feet are swollen and she's tired and she's ready to have a baby. And you're yep. going to have a wonderful She's, she's ready to be done being pregnant, and yeah. uh, we're ready to hold the kids. So nice. I will see everyone so in the Twitch family Alex. in, like, March, April, Alex somewhere in there. Yeah, we'll see. Good yeah, luck. Rushing fingers and toes for you, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TechCrunch Plus Editor-in-Chief Alex Wilhelm. Thank you, Ian. So great. Of course, as always, have Ian Thompson in here, U.S. Editor at TheRegister.com, uh, our expert in all things English. And he's actually Scottish, which is why I gave him Irish whiskey, and that's confusing as hell. Honestly, it's whiskey. Who cares? <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful holiday. And you too. And uh, my love to you and Monica both. Mm-hmm. All right. And to you and Lisa. Take care. Connie Guglielmo, you're wonderful. We always love having you on. Editor-in-chief at CNET, where you're working hard. Are you? When do you get to take off some time? I hope soon. I, I hope so, too. Next week. The week yeah. after Christmas. Yeah. Yay. Take that week off. Enjoy. And uh, have a very nice holiday. It was wonderful having you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Merry holidays, everyone. Merry holidays. Thank you all for being here. We do Twit every uh, Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's 2200 UTC. You can wa- I say that because you can watch us live if you want. Uh, live.twit.tv. We stream audio and video there. People watching live often like to chat with us. You could do that in our IRC. That's open to all, irc.twit.tv. Also great to chat with us in our Discord, which is a, a lovely place to hang out uh, with all the other Club Twit members. Please join us there. Uh, there's, there's, That's Goblin Mode, I believe. <laughs> right there. Uh, you can also uh, watch the show after the fact. Download a copy from our website, twit.tv, uh, or watch it on YouTube. There's a video. Actually, most of the shows have video uh, uh, dedicated YouTube channels. There's video there you can watch. Good way to share video, too, with people. 
if you want to clip out something and send it off to a friend. And, of course, the easiest thing to do is subscribe in your favorite podcast player, and that way you'll get it immediately, the moment it's available, so you have it in time for your Monday morning commute, wherever it is you go on Monday morning. Um, thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Another twit is in the can. Bye-bye, everybody. Amazing. 